patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. the show this is entertainment landfill and i am your host the jaystrom welcome to the show the show where we talk about film television and pop culture and all that kind of stuff but i don't do the show alone i did say we after all i do it with Stephen the pop culture zealot hello everybody hello steven hello jason how are you doing today fantastic and Bill will be joining us a little bit later on the show. I think he's being hit by, are they calling this winter storm anything? Or Jonah. Jonah? Something like that. Oh, my God. It sounds scary. But uh, he will be joining us later. Uh, he wants to make sure that Natalie gets home safe. And uh, I forgot to mute my phone. Uh, so we'll be hearing from him in a bit. But, Stephen, uh, you were just in New York, weren't you? Yes. I escaped before escaped from New York. <laughs> you just got away <laughs> from all Plissken that stuff. Help me get out. You totally snake pliskened it, didn't you? Yes. So uh, was there snow on the ground already, or it hadn't even hit yet? Not where I was. They were saying it was. I was like on the outskirts of, of where it would be. It wasn't quite like that. No. No, you weren't was, walking uh, on ice or anything. <laughs> no, it, it's it snowed like Tuesday night, just lightly, and right? Enough to piss me off. That I had to brush off the car, but other than that, it it was gone. But you knew that you had to leave before that shit hit, though, right? I, they were saying that it really wasn't going to hit. I was in Albany, uh, two hours north of New York City, roughly, and they were saying it was like. They would only get maybe a couple of inches up there. Right. It wasn't going to be in the foot range like in Maryland and D.C. So that's cool. You, but you I know. was concerned that it would it would mess up the flights. Yeah, yeah. Not that I would, you know, it's like. Well, the news has made it sound like they're going to get hit with some pretty bad stuff, right? Yeah, up there um, in certain corridors. And then I think once it gets to like New York City, it's getting pushed back out. Into the uh, Atlantic. So it's not going to continue northwesterly, I guess, and hit, you know, t- going towards more Buffalo and all that. Do you think we'll get anything here in Texas? No. At all this winter? No. Just nothing? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. It's sometimes it you, you get a feeling when it is, but I don't know. Just... It's been way too warm. Well, we've, we've gotten snow in February before. I think. Usually the ice, yeah. So you never know. 
But yeah, I was more afraid that it would mess up my flights. My original was supposed to be from Albany to Orlando and then Orlando to Dallas. And I like changed that real quick to yeah. go to going to Chicago and then home. And I wouldn't mind some, uh, some snow, you know, cause in Texas you get snow and it usually doesn't stick and it just melts. It's a day but, or two, maybe. Yeah. I don't want ice, like ice on the streets where it's hazardous to drive. The ice is going to break. The We got that snow a few weeks ago where it was, it, it snowed early in the morning. By the time I woke up, it was gone. Dude, I don't know if I told you this. <laughs> I think it wasn't last year. It might have even been three years ago. I've never fallen in ice before. But I was in the driveway and I literally did uh, feet out from under me, like in the air, slam on my back. And I kind of was like, oh, <laughs> kind of like, oh, shit. And I laid there for a few minutes, you know, it felt like an eternity. And so I turned over and I started slowly getting up and I got up and I swear the rest of the day I had to kind of. Okay, did I fracture anything? Yeah. I had to like kind of measure like my pain threshold and I was like, okay, I think I'm okay, but I had a bruise like on my shoulder where I took the brunt of the weight on my shoulder, but uh it takes one fall in the ice that where you're like, okay, I'm not going to be so like, hey, I'm cool, like I'm ice skating out yeah. in the driveway or whatever, like I'm really cautious walking on ice, you know. Yeah, the a few Maybe two years ago, I was in Kansas City, and they got this really bad snowstorm. I mean, a foot in like an hour. And I was kind of trapped in my hotel. I couldn't get out. And there was a, happened to be like a Denny's or something in the parking lot. It was, But it was up a hill, a grass hill. I was like, I can walk up this hill. You know, it's like I was going to go there for lunch. Uh-huh. And I take, I see somebody else's footprints. I'm like. I'll just follow the same guy, you know, and they'd gotten slick. So like on the third step, I do a full face plant into a, into a foot of snow. (laughs) Oh man. And your face. Yeah. I'm doing that same thing. I'm like getting up. I'm like, Uh you know, I'm just covered with that powdery snow. (laughs) It's like, Oh crap. Were you like slow to get up? Like it wasn't hurting because it was on a slant, you know? Uh So I just kind of, Fell in, yeah, into mine this. was just like, and I was like, oh. I think if you fe- if you fell forward, you could catch it with your hand. Yeah, you might have hurt your wrist or something. Yeah, I've fallen forward before, you know, you know, as a kid or whatever. But I've never like whoosh, boom on my back like yeah. that. And I was just like, oh shit! I was so glad that there weren't people <laughs> next to me watching. My, my slip on the ice was getting into a rental car. Mm-hmm. I had one foot, you know, and I, I picked the other one to get up inside the car and the other, and I do the old splits <laughs> and yeah. I land right on the seatbelt buckle on my tailbone. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. On the second thought, maybe if somebody was there, they could have helped me. But you never know. Like once you fall on ice, you can't have people coming to get you to help you. They might then fall Then they're going to fall on top yeah. of you. It's or... better just like, no, stay there. Stay there. I got this. <sighs> Give me a stick to help me up, you know? Yeah. One Something of the, like pull me aside. One of the bosses I work with, um, he fell like you did, except he broke his back. 
Holy shit. Yeah, I guess and, I was lucky. <laughs> and uh, he lay, I think he said he lay there for like two hours on the ice and nobody came. Give him the stick. No, give him the stick. And he wound up having to drag himself back inside his house. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was lucky. Yeah. I, 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 you know, just re when you replay what just happened, I could have easily broken something. And in fact, I've had like like my necks bothered me for a while, and it's probably because from that fall, <laughs> I just never got an X-ray or anything. It's like, yeah, you've had a ruptured disc for at least three years now. I was like, oh, I wonder how that happened. <laughs> That's probably where how it happened when I fall on the, you know. But it's very upsetting, you know, like, almost you know, traumatizing. Like, holy shit, I could really hurt myself. You know, it's kind of scary when you have close calls like that. You know. That kind of adrenaline kicks in. Yeah, I try to, you know, when I'm, because I'm traveling now and have to, you know, find, you know, I've, I wind up in weather like that. So I'm trying to be a little more cautious. I mean, there's what, you can't always, but, you was know. Was the coldest place you've ever been on one of these jobs Alaska? The cold, well, yeah, yeah. Like, like holy cold. shit, this is cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah when you're hitting the... 25 below 30 below and that's not even with a wind chill that's pretty bad i was in 35 below with the wind chill in minnesota oh yeah and that's pain it's yeah. just i mean once you get negative it's like was it there or uh alaska where you said i'm gonna just walk down here and get something to eat and you walk and you're like screw this we we walked um me and my friend Brian, we walked to a grocery store that was like three blocks away, and he he was like, "Man, if if I fall on this ice, I'm going home. I'm just going to catch a plane and go back home." <laughs> and uh, the next morning, he's showering and he slips and falls in the shower and oh, breaks, no. breaks his tailbone. Oh my god! <laughs> but not on the ice, though. And I saw, I was like, "Yep, you can't go home. It didn't happen on the ice." <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was in the shower. It doesn't count. You know, speaking of, though, have you ever had those moments in the shower where you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've done that before. Like, no, I didn't fall, but I was like, whoa, shit, or something like that. That's happened before. Because, you know, in an alternate universe, I did fall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like on the, oh, help me, somebody. Go. Wait, don't come in. I'm naked. <laughs> Never mind. Wait, you sound really hurt. No, nothing he can do. <laughs> Never mind. Throw a towel at me. I'm trying to get dressed. <laughs> you sound like Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have sexual relations. <laughs> uh, hey, I inadvertently did a Clinton impression. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Got Southern and croaky at the same time steven i have to talk about this for a second you posted this on facebook uh carlos bakery set to open in dallas texas i think he's coming to look for us for all the drops <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's gonna, he's gonna come with a baseball bat and beat us up it says the cake boss brings successful bakery chain to the lone star state i am so excited let me just read this story for you. Carlos Bakery, the subject of the hit TLC series Cake Boss, will open a new location in Dallas, Texas in March of 2016. So that must mean the location's already being set up because right. that's really soon. 
Um, fresh off the heels of a massive grand opening in Orlando, Florida, New York Times best-selling author. Uh, something about that just <laughs> is painful to read. <laughs> Uh, and owner of Carlos Bakery, Buddy Velastro, will soon call Dallas home to the bakery's 13th location. We've seen inc- – hey, let me read it like Buddy. We've seen incredible growth in the past year, and I'm so excited Dallas is going to be part of that, says Buddy Velastro, renowned baker and chef. The city is filled with charm and warm hospitality. It is really the perfect fit for Carlos Bakery. With so many families in Dallas, I'm looking forward to the bakery being welcomed into their homes and onto their tables. Carlos Bakery will come to Dallas with its signature treats like the cannoli and lobster tail, as well as a custom cake expertise bound to elevate the city's celebrations. Located at the Preston Center in the University Park area in Dallas, Texas. Do you know where that'll be? Where that is? Yeah. The bakery will span... 2,486 square feet. Wow. Currently under construction, Carlos Bakery is located at 8319 Preston Road. All right. I used to Pro- work off of Preston Road. Program that <laughs> shit in. Yeah, wasn't the, one of the MG Design Store on Preston? Yep. Which one was that? Preston Forest. Everyone. We can be in the clouds with Buddy. It's colorful and pretty. <laughs> I just want to, they need to have an episode of Cake Boss where he opens it and he does like, you know. We got to be lame. there. Yeah. He's, <laughs> don't you want to just hear him say something lame like, uh, you know, hey, hey, y'all. Hey, partners. Hey, Howdy. Partners. Howdy, My partners. Look, I made a big, <laughs> I made a big text cake. You're at Lackawanna. Make sure the delivery guy sends me what I need. Uh, I can't wait to meet Buddy face to face. Hey, wait, I know you guys. You know the entertainment la- No, no one more, guys. I heard about your show and I don't like it. It's like, oh shit, we're seeing the bad side of Buddy. Mary, come get these guys. You shouldn't have talked bad about Buddy like that. Get the refrigerated box truck for these guys. <laughs> Go downstairs, Mary. Go downstairs, Mary. Yeah, that's right, Adam. All right. What do you want, baby dog? She hears me yelling, so she's like, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old cake boss. I can't wait, Steven. Yeah, I saw a friend of mine post that, and I just started laughing. I was like, yeah, Jason's got to find this. Oh, boy. That's great. Like, Jason already knows. I know he does. <laughs> nope, had no idea. <laughs> I can't wait to try it. I actually have read before, like, uh, you know, on Google, where people, like, will, they're like, yeah, we went to Carl's Bakery. We waited in line for, like, three hours. Finally, we got in there. It's not that great. I mean, the the uh, bakery near my house is just as good. It's like, yeah, but, you know, you wait in line three hours, and you've seen the show. It's just like, this better. I want to taste something and be like. Mm, God, this is so good. You know, don't you want it to be like that? Like yeah. it needs to be, but instead it's like, eh, it tastes like it's any, other, cake any other freaking you know, cannoli I've had. Cannoli. We stop, dog. Stop jumping on me. For the the listener, my dog keeps jumping up on my. Uh, she does this thing where she you know scratches at you because she's like, pet me. What are you doing? Hey, pay Come attention. Hey, 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 I'm right here. Pet me. Pet me. She's doing I need video of that. Or she's like, hey, 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 hey. And it's just like, what? 
So you know. uh, we got to make uh, plans for that in March. What? It just said in March sometime. It didn't. Yeah, it it'll be in March date. 2016. So uh, it'll be very soon. But also, um, Stephen, you and I need to check out the Video Game History Museum in Frisco, Texas. They have a vintage 80s arcade in there, and there are all nice. sorts of other sh- type stuff. But it looks really cool. We got to check this place out. Do Do you want to go? Yeah. We got to yeah. see this place, man. Is it huge? It's got to be huge, right? It's got to. Let's see. The Video Game History Museum is one step closer to opening a permanent. Oh, this is from a while back, I guess. On September 18th, it says 10.4K square foot area in the Discovery Center. 10,000 square feet, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. So that this, was, that's weird that they would have the this old location and they haven't updated it since it opened. But anyway, yeah, we need to go there. They have Video Game History Museum. Um, let's see. I want to see quizzes and make you learn things. Collections. Um, I'm trying to find where uh, they actually have what is there, but whatever. I do know that they have an 80s arcade. The Video Game History Museum started almost 25 years ago. We're continually ramping up our activities to reach our goal. A museum that is all-inclusive, comprehensive, and interactive containing every game made for every system. Every piece of promotional material made for each game. Every revision of every console and more. Find out what we'll be, we've been up to and where we'll be next. Do you think they have everything? Uh, they're working on it. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. We got to check it out. I mean, I, are you talking, you know, even like foreign consoles and. I don't know. The Sega Pluto Star Trek sit down cabinet. It sounds like the, the arcade area is going to be the thing that we really yeah. go to see to like, remember you know, have that nostalgic nostalgia of being in an eighties arcade. Like, uh, what's funny is that, you know, I have have that nostalgia certainly of being in an arcade in the eighties, but also there's that feeling of, I don't have any money to play any of these games. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like you have like a certain amount, I got $2. How, what can I play? And then it's done. And you're just walking around looking at games after that, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, the little corner store by my house it it uh, it had like three games in there. Mm-hmm. One of them would kind of go. Two were kind of permanent. There'd be a Pac Man and Defender, and we had Centipede, and then that would go, and then they'd bring in Galaga or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so Defender was always my game. Oh yeah, I loved. What about Stargate Defender? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was cool. Um. But I could play all day on a quarter back then, and now when we've nice. gone up to uh, Tornado Terry's, it's like uh, two seconds. <laughs> you should die. Oh, that's one like, thing. How, did I, how would I do this? Yeah, so before? it's like, oh wow, I love this game, and I still suck at it. You know, <laughs> that's what it's like. I when uh, Ray and I, uh, Ray and I used to go to Putt Putt, and what we do is like the phone book at the back of the phone book. It would have a coupon for. 
five dollars uh, uh, five dollars uh, worth of tokens, five dollars worth of tokens free, which was awesome. So it's basically you know you get it's ten dollars worth of tokens, and we uh, figured out that like that was always in the back of that coupon was always in the back of phone books. So this is horrible. <laughs> Guess what we do in the apartments we live in? We go like when we go, shit, it's phone book day. We go run to each one, sh- tear, tear. We'd run to door to door. We'd be tearing out. We'd have like a stack of those coupons and we'd be able to stretch it out over time. Like you have the summer to stretch it out. Maybe. Yeah. Dad, can I have five bucks to go to uh putt putt? Oh, okay. Here, here you go. And I'm like, yes, and I got the coupon. It's ten dollars, baby. <laughs> Making money. No, then we, you know, we play that for forever. Play, you know, Double Dragon or whatever. And then it'd be like, dude, I'm down on my last token. <laughs> you know, but it was always so you should have brought some up there and scalped them to the kids. Yeah. Hey, you want a coupon? Five dollars. No, coupon? we would like stretch that out over the summer. You know, we'd but have. No, I'm those saying coupons. if you had a ton of them, you know, mm-hmm. it's like. You kind of scalp them out for an extra two bucks or something. But that was always fun. I always liked hanging out at Putt Putt. <laughs> um, good, good old days. And I think I'm trying to find it, but I can't. Where it talks about the uh, the retro arcade was that you get like it's some something like every visitor gets ten tokens, and I'm like ten tokens. That's not enough. What are you talking about? That's not very much. They need to have like a. Uh... Like a, a like a tornado Terry's, you pay ten bucks and go in there. Yeah, you just it, if it's a maybe they need to make money for the museum or something. But it would be great if it was like, hey, ten dollars a person, you can play these games all day. But I wonder if there's not enough games where it's just crowded. That's we're gonna have to go and visit yeah, to figure it doing. out. You know, be like, dude, this kind of sucks. I'd rather go to Tornado Terry's. But I will say this about Tornado Terry's, and I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I swear. Every time we've gone, I've gotten sick. And I'm like, this place is coated in germs, you know? You're going to bring up some little disinfectant wipes before you yeah, touch a game. But console. I swear, like, always on the way home, I'm like, I don't feel so good. Like, I'm going to, like, have a temperature when I get home. But I just can uh, well, It's the first time we went, it was basically empty. It was me, you, and Bill, and, and mm-hmm. Emma. Mm-hmm. And a it's weird. It's like when you're there, it'll like it'll get real busy, and then everyone disappears. There'll be the, like these waves of people that show up and then leave and stuff. Um, and it, me that have no life, I'll stay there all day. <laughs> and I have fun there, but all of a sudden this fatigue sets in where it's like I think it's like all the noise and stuff. Where yeah, yeah. eventually your brain is like, okay, I can't take much more of this. You know, you got to get out. Can't take some earplugs with you next time. Yeah, I need uh, earbuds, the kind that you know I can't hear anything, and I need like just to keep uh, some this stuff with me, disinfectant. <laughs> just like okay, there we go. <laughs> Before I touch anything. Because, you know, we always want to get a snack, too. And it's like, oh, i got to go wash my hands. Yeah. You never know. There's germs everywhere. All those little snot noses are in the bathroom, too. Or a can of Lysol, one of those little cans. <laughs> just start spraying everything. Because if you own that place, would you regularly have a disinfectant and be spraying shit and wiping it down? I'd have the little wipes. Because, you know, little kids are gross, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, picking their nose. Factories. Well, also... One thing you realize when you uh, you're around kids, He's got doo doo and chocolate over his hands. Yeah, doo doo and chocolate over his hands is that kids 
cough. <laughs> you know, cover. yeah, and it's all over the game or whatever. Like, there's, you know, it always happens when you have a kid. You go to like a birthday party or something. Come home, oh, I'm tired or whatever. And you take their temperature. Oh, she's got a fever or something. Because there's always some sick kid there <laughs> spreading their germs. Or, you know, uh, recently we took Emma to one of those. They have these trampoline places where it's just kids jumping up and down. They're all sweaty and having fun, jumping around. But then they come home, you know, and it's just like, germs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, they say that about, like, Chuck E. Cheese, the ball pit. Don't go in the ball don't pit. <laughs> it's mostly urine. Yeah, there's a kid who took a dump in there. It's like, don't go. You know? He's got doo-doo and chocolate over his hands. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyway... We're definitely going to visit the video game museum and Carlos Bakery. <laughs> All right, Steven, I'm done with these video games. Let's go. Play Let's go get a cannoli. Out. I just wanted to see something like get a free autograph from Mary Velastra or something. <laughs> hey, it's Mary. Hey, Mary. I want to marry. Uh, get a free ride in a box truck. I just, <laughs> yeah, free box truck. I just want to be able to have take a picture of you, Stephen, with Mary, and then post it on Facebook. <laughs> How much would people go? Holy shit, that's Stephen with the uh, Mary. <laughs> Going downstairs, Mary. You know you want to a prank played on you by one of the guys too. Yeah, where they dump shit all over me from the roof. <laughs> He's delusional. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, what's going on? Oh, man, you guys dumped flour on my head. Ah, <laughs> I've been antiqued. <laughs> I would definitely, uh, you know, have a lawsuit for that place. You know, I was harassed. I lived in fear working here. I just can't do it. See, what? You're like, I can't eat a cannoli anymore. I'll get scared. One thing that sucks is he's opening it in Dallas. Like, oh, come on. That's so predictable. Open it in Fort Worth or Arlington or something. Open it in the Cowboys Stadium or something, you know? But what it's like, they open it in Kennedale. I'm like, hey. And it's like, Steven, I got a job at Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned how to do flowers on the fondant. You know, I'm rolling. I work the fondant machine, you know? I'm rolling out fondant. I made a cowboy stadium cake. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't done that. Now, well, he will for here. Stephen, have you? Uh, you haven't seen. I think you just told me that that you haven't seen DC's Legends of Tomorrow yet, right? No. I got to watch the premiere and I had a lot of fun. I thought I think it's a lot of fun. It's very like, uh, you know, they. They definitely want you to feel kind of like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy-ish kind of thing, where it's a group working together on a ship, and that's a lot of fun. And I still, I'm still really digging the Flash, and I've even been good about watching Arrow this season. You know, I've watched every episode. Um, you know, I've talked about Arrow before, where I stopped watching the first season. I kind of. Uh, didn't watch any of season two, maybe a little bit. I think, is this season four of Arrow? I think watched some of, uh, season three of Arrow, but I've watched all of season four. <laughs> I watched all of like season one. And then I just kind of fell out after that. Mm -hmm. But the flash has held my interest where I watch it like right away every week. What yeah, do you I just want dog it today? I just watched it when I got home. The Flash. Although I, I did saw think it was, some of it the other day when it was on. Do you saw the one with the turtle? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's like the greatest name ever, Turtle. 
But I thought it was pretty silly how uh, You're looking for E his love interest. <laughs> yeah, it's Turtle from Entourage, which by the way premieres on HBO tomorrow. I think Bill said he's ready to go. Let me see if he's there. Hello, Bill. Hey. Hey, hey what's Bill. up? Not a whole lot. Are you ready to talk and stuff? Yeah, you, you I'm ready to, to talk. I'm always ready to talk. You didn't have to come back too soon. I mean, if you're uh, busy or anything like that. No, I, I I was waiting for Natalie to come home so that I could talk to her. But uh, she's home. She got home about 10 minutes ago. But she's out in her car on the phone. And I was like at the window. I'm not going outside. It's too damn cold. So I was like standing at the door like looking like a forlorn puppy. But uh, she's she's involved in a conversation. I'm like, you know what? I'm not waiting. I got I got my buddies doing a show. I'm not I'm not just sitting here twiddling my thumbs. So she can have her conversation and I'll have mine. Is is there like a wind chill outside too? Oh yeah, it's bad outside. It's it's ridiculously cold. I don't know what the wind chill is, but uh, it's it's pretty pretty frigid. Yeah, screw that noise. Yeah, I don't want to stand out in the cold, especially well, with the wind. I can't I can't text her and be like, "Hey," cuz she's on the phone. Yeah. So Oh yeah. I've done so, that before. Um, just, I've gone outside to greet Heather, and she's talking, and I realize she's on Bluetooth, and I'm like, why am I standing here? Are you mm-hmm. doing, I don't know when she's coming in. I go back inside. <laughs> yep. That's yeah. exactly what I just did. I was yeah. like, I am not opening the door. It's freezing. The wind is kicking. The snow is falling. She can come in whenever she's ready. Well, I, you know, I want to talk about something just because it's out there right now and it's really silly or whatever. But at the same time, I can understand the way some people feel or whatever. But, and it's also the kind of thing when you hear about it, everybody talks about it to the point where you're like, oh, just shut up. I don't care anymore. And that is the Oscar nominations. Yeah. And what's funny is I did watch it that morning. You know, I sat and watched it. And I... I remembered last year how people made a big deal out of there was only white people nominated. And I think one thing that you should notice that not only just white people, but we're not talking about any Hispanic actors yeah. or any other races. Okay? No, no, no ethnic diversity at all. Right. So I was really paying attention this time as they're naming each nomination. I was like, okay, that's, that's all white people. Okay. And now, best supporting actress. And I was like, white, white, white. And I was like, literally, that's what I was paying attention to. And then I was like, I really honestly was like waiting for Michael B. Jordan to be nominated. I haven't even seen Creed, but once Sylvester Stallone was nominated, I was like, oh, Michael B. Jordan's going to be nominated for best actor. Nope. All white dudes. Or Will Smith for uh, uh, Concussion. concussion. Yeah. Well, even I was like. You know, we I've talked about it for years. We've talked about it. Is I hate so much that how they nominate the directors and then they nominate the best films, but they never match up. There's always a director whose film isn't nominated for best picture or vice versa, you know, and it yeah. drives me nuts. I was expecting the director of Creed to be nominated. And again, I haven't even seen Creed. Uh, I, I hate myself for that, but... Um, that drives me nuts. The whole, like, you know, like, Argo won Best Picture, Ben Affleck not nominated. But it happens every year. Uh, I mean, one thing I know already is I'm rooting for George Miller, of course, in Mad Max. Yeah. But we all know why they nominate so so many movies is that's because they want to 
people to be interesting go see those films, right? right. Yeah. They're trying to bring money. But uh, I've heard people talk about what can they do to bring diversity to that? And I'm like, other than just make people aware of the fact that, like, hey, not even like, I don't even think, what, what I think people should do is at least see as many movies as they can, like, watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's, it's the kind of thing where... You, it's kind of hard, I mean, it's like, are you really interested in X subject, you know, that... It's like you're forcing somebody to watch something they're really not into. So, right. are you really going to nominate it for a movie that you, you know, that you? I can, wonder. Can you be that object? Can somebody be that objective and say the acting was good? Yeah, I'm not interested in the subject, but it's good. Boom, check mark. Right. Well, I I thought about also. You guys know in the past, uh, many uh, African Americans have been nominated for films or uh, British. Uh, people or whatever uh like the little girl in beast of the southern wild she got nominated didn't she a couple years ago bill yeah how did that happen did was it word of mouth oh you got to see this little girl in this it had to be word it it was either word of mouth or i don't know who was behind the film but uh there's there you know there's a lot of money pushed into that sort of stuff and uh they like uh, they have to campaign, right? Yeah, they like, and they also they really do like to push, you know, children. So whenever you're dealing with that, it's uh, it's kind of a whole nother ball game. Yeah, every once in a while, you'll see a, a little kid get nominated for you know supporting actor or something like that. But I, it's I novel. Rarely do they win. I mean, but there, yeah. I think was it uh, there was the girl for what was it Whale Rider? Uh huh. And then there was uh, Sookie Stackhouse. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Uh, Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin. Yeah. Which movie was that for? Uh, the Piano. Oh, yeah. The Piano. Piano. Yeah. But um, I I honestly, when I was watching the nominations, I was like, okay, this is bad. You know, just because I was like, <laughs> there was nobody, you know. Because, I mean, I have nothing against Jennifer Lawrence, but she's nominated every year, it seems like, for every goddamn David O. Russell movie, you know? Yeah, and you know what? Every David O. Russell movie I've seen her in, I was like, really? She got a nomination for that? I mean, she's a fine actress. She really is. I am a fan of Silver Linings Playbook, but it's the kind of thing where, or, or what was the one after that, the Christian Bale one? Oh, American Hustle. American Hustle. I I was like, you know, it's it just feels too much like David O. Russell has watched too many Scorsese films. Yeah, that's know? exactly what that was. Yeah, and even Joy had the friggin' uh, Rolling Stone song on the yep. trailer. Yep. And I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, which song was it by the Rolling Stones? I can't even remember. But, oh, um, um, well, you could do something about that by saying, okay, if for anybody who's nominated, you can't be nominated again for three years, four years, whatever. You can right. Put a, a I, don't, I mean, I don't even think they could, should could do, you that, do that. Though. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to. I honestly know? don't think they can do anything. They just, <clears throat> because all they can do is just campaign. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just picture a room full of a bunch of old people <laughs> that don't really see the films and they're like, all right, tell me about what was good this year. She's a cutie. Yeah, who put, who they, put the most money into this movie? Well, honestly, it's like David O. Russell. He's got another film with the Jennifer Lawrence. I heard that's good. All right, well, let's check it out. All right, Joy is not a good film. 
Yeah, well, I, I haven't seen it's it. It's not. I, I watched it. It's not a good movie. Uh, it's it's boring. The final act of it is anticlimactic. It's just not a very good movie. I mean, I never wanted to see the life story of Joy Mangano, who made a million stupid telemarketing infomercial items. And then after I saw it, I was like, wow, I really didn't want to see that. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just not it's, not, it's not a good movie. Well, it's the kind of thing where I, I think that by reputation now that people, I mean, they're almost like a, people are interested and they will go see that movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe not all the Academy members even saw Creed. It was like a Rocky movie. What is it? And yeah, they just a, didn't want to see it or whatever. Is that the same thing with Concussion? It's a sports movie. Don't care. Yeah. Maybe it's up to the studio to then campaign for them. Whoever campaigns for Jennifer Lawrence does a great job, obviously. Or maybe oh, they yeah. don't even need to anymore because... Uh, everyone knows her. And I have nothing against her at all. I think she's a great actress, but I'm just saying yeah, she is. she's out there where once once an actress has enough success, then everyone, it's time to, oh, it's time to hate her now. Let's let's yeah. start hating her. And that happens. You know? Yeah, that's not that's not fair. It's just, it's just a David O. Russell. Well, it's the same it, thing. I don't know if you've seen that Amy Schumer stuff where now somebody threw out there like, oh, she steals jokes and people are ready to jump on her because she's successful or whatever. I haven't seen that at all. I but I'm surprised. That. Anytime anybody gets a modicum of success, there's always the people that want to uh, hate on them. Right. And then she came out and defended herself and, and uh, she... Her explanation sounded pretty good, and then the person who accused her backed off, and I think they were just being shitty, and then it kind of blew out of proportion yeah. where people started mm. trying to, you know, where people immediately start putting together YouTube videos of comparing the jokes or whatever. Yeah, this is not a Carlos Mencia situation. Yeah, where he really stole jokes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what the funny thing about Carlos Mencia is? Whenever I first saw him or whatever special, I thought he was – I he cracked me up. It was kind of thing like this guy is funny. Then eventually, like the next time you see him, it's like, okay, not as funny as I remembered or whatever. Maybe I was drunk. I was <laughs> I had some alcohol in me. Yeah, it was the same way for me whenever I saw the Richard Jenny special on HBO like a million years ago called Platypus Man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really great. And then I realized that that's the same act he's been doing for 30 years. And it was well, yeah, owned what- perfectly. And he never went outside of it. Yeah, you go with what you're good at, right? <laughs> to a point. Mm-hmm. But you got to change eventually, or you get forgotten, like Richard Jenny. You hone your craft. Except we end up Jenny. in a casket in the ground, like Richard Jenny. Ah, oh, poor Richard. Didn't he commit suicide? Yeah. yeah. Man, what is it with comedians in that depression? You know what I mean? It's a it's a thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> but anyway, basically, you know, the whole Oscars thing is exhausting. But I do. I don't know what they can do. All I can think is that if you're a member of the Academy, watch as many movies as you can that year. If you're going to vote, you know. Yeah. And another thing about, especially if you are a member of the Academy, that's you should take that seriously. If right. I was a member of the Academy, I would be watching films every day. And isn't it? And you you me, know they're not doing that. Isn't it like okay? If you're an actor and you're a member of the Academy, you vote on the acting category, right? 
Is mm-hmm. that how it works? I would think so. I would hope so. Directors and Directors Guild of America vote on directors. Isn't that how that works? I don't mm-hmm. know. Is that how it works? Or screenwriters. I believe so. I don't think you could, you know, not be a screenwriter and be in the Screenwriters Guild or not be a director and be yeah. the Directors Guild. So. Like, Quentin Tarantino has won for best screenplay before, but he'll probably never be best director because he's not in the Directors Guild. Oh, Okay. And I think some people were like, why doesn't Quentin get nominated? It's like, well, he's not in the Director's Guild. They're not going to reward him for that. <laughs> you know, I don't know because there's the DGAs, the Director's Guild Awards. Yeah. There's also the um, the Screenwriting Awards yeah. or whatever. They each have their own awards. Well, you know, the funniest yeah, tweet I did see, Chris Rock, I read right after the, the thing. When, you know, I even noticed, was, like, it's all white people. He wrote, like, the Academy Awards, the white BET Awards, and I thought that was funny. I thought that was cute. What do you think, Bill? Was that cute? It was more than cute. It was it was, it was tragically appropriate. <laughs> the white BET Awards. <laughs> uh, good time. And then you get people like... Uh, um, that Stacey Dash. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> what did she say exactly? Basically, She, was saying, she said the same thing. She was like... Well, if you want to get diversity, you have to have diversity. So BET, you have to get rid of your BET awards. You have to get rid of the NAACP awards. So, you know, it's like... Maybe they need to handhold the Academy and have a special diversity awards before the Academy Award nominations are going to... The ballots are going to send out, like... Governor's Awards? Yeah, they need to have, hey, everyone, here are all the movies featuring people that weren't white this year... And these are the people who were really good in it. And they show clips of, like, you know, the actors in the movies or whatever. I mean, Selma, that was big the year it came out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Nobody, David O. Yellow O. didn't get nominated, though, which is kind of ridiculous. No, he did not. It was, I think, it was, wasn't it just the director and the song? Yeah, yeah. And that won Academy Award. But it's almost like, I mean... We're we're obviously not actors or directors, so we just watch it on TV. But it might annoy me if I, you know, the way that they do it, it's like, it's almost like they have picture a big table with people's pictures and like, okay, they're not, nobody's in this movie's going to, they're, we're, let's give them the best song this year. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the, this guy over here. Okay. This movie, it's a little indie movie. It's not, let's give them best screenplay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's spread out the awards. But uh, The Revenant, let's give it, like, six awards, okay? Uh, George Miller, he's paid his dues, right? Witches of Eastwick, let's give him Best Director this year or something like that. It feels like... Whoa, Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> he did Witches Oh, of my Eastwick. God. I forgot about that. Do you like how I pulled that out of there? <laughs> <laughs> that was I mean, that was like ripping a Band-Aid off. If you, if you put somebody in for an award, it's like, okay... If you put somebody in for best actor of a movie, then it that movie can't be nominated for an, any other portion of a movie. You know, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like well, the director you, then can't be nominated. Well, or, have you ever noticed I mean, when they give the old guy, they give him the award for, and not like Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman, kind of like he should have won a long time ago. But let's give him for this this movie where he plays Foghorn Leg. Let's give it to him this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> He totally deserves something. Whether or not it was for this piece of shit is up for debate. 
That was a. Do you guys remember the Kevin Pollock stand up routine? He goes, I won an award for playing Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) Hoo ha! And it's like, holy shit, he's right. He is doing elk. (laughs) But uh, that might have but watch that movie on repeat. And nothing like a son of a woman. (laughs) Kill myself. Like, I, it was. I've seen that movie way too many times. My dad would watch like that ending monologue that he would give at the the whatever you want to call it the school hearing. Yeah, just be like, yeah, that's that's writing. I was like, oh god, I no. Can't even force myself to watch it once. So. You're out of order. You're out of order. Yeah, he's like, I'll take a flamethrower to this place, and it's like, woo, yeah, he's acting the shit out of this movie. He's chewing it up. <laughs> he's chewing that scenery. He's chewing a big piece of shit. It, uh. Yeah, I've I've seen Sin of a Woman a few times. <laughs> I take a flame through to this place. Hell yeah. My, my dad loves Sin of a Woman and uh God, that movie with Michael J. Fox and the girl from Burn Notice. He would watch uh, um, those two on repeat. Is that Secret of My Success? or No, it was like For Love or Money, oh where he was God. the concierge. I don't even think I've seen that. But, you know, Gabri- Gabrielle An- Anwar is in both those movies. Is she? <laughs> yeah. Remember, she's the woman that Al Pacino dances with. Oh, yeah, that's right. She is. Or I think uh, Chris uh, O'Donnell. Now I know why my dad watched them. <laughs> he loves uh, Gabrielle like Anwar. But you know what? Um, I do my one of my favorite Pacino movies is Injustice for All. That's the one where he's like, "You're out of order. You're out of order. You should go to effing jail." That is fantastic. That's a fun yeah. movie. That's a great movie. Pretty good stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Will you guys? Be- I will tell you this much, though. I will not be attending the Oscars this year. Yeah, I'm so upset. I'm not walking the red carpet. I'm staying home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be staying home with Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. Yeah, it's like, hey, come on in, guys. You guys, did you see, who was it? The aunt, it's one of the, the lady who played the aunt on Fresh Prince yeah. of Bel-Air was telling oh, God. Um, Jada Pinkett, or no, telling she Will. the mom. She played the mom, yeah. but she was, she was his the first mom. No, she was his aunt, though. She was Will's aunt. Yes, it was Carlton's mom, Will's uh, aunt. Right, right, right. Okay. Yes. So, thank you. Yeah. That's semantics, you know. <laughs> but uh, when you said the woman that played the aunt, I was immediately thinking of uh, a Bug's Life or yes, aunt. Aunt like I was like, which aunt? She was yeah. the first one. She <laughs> <laughs> was the I, first aunt in Ants. <laughs> Yeah, she was, but whatever. I think it's funny. The people come in. And now, what has Charlotte Rampling said, Bill? Oh, my God. Can we, it's racist to white people? (laughs) Did she really say that? If you're white, you can't play the racist card. Doesn't she know that? You can't do it. And And then I love that she follows it up with, like, why classify people? This day, it's like it's the it's the typical like white fragility thing where you try to you know demoralize someone else's opinion like well that's that's race you know that's racist to white people it's like, no worse. all I know is many times it happens every year we we watch the Oscars and we're like what you know when the nominations come out you're like what 
But I'm glad that Mad Max got some love. I am kind of curious why Charlize Theron wasn't nominated. She was great as Furiosa, but yep. it's it's a crazy action movie. You can't reward an actor for that, right? Yeah, Kate, but Kate Blanchett got nominated to be a lesbian, and because um, that was that that movie Carol is. Uh, Aren't there always movies where you're like, who? What movie is yeah. this? Yeah. Who the hell saw this movie? You who know, I thought it was amazing that Brie Larson got a nomination, and I've always liked her, especially in uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah. I haven't. I've read Room, but I've never. I I haven't seen them. Red the Room. Yet. Red Rum. Red, red Rum. Red. No, that red looks red. incredibly like a sad movie and stuff. But I. It's depressing as hell. It, I can imagine that. Um, I would like to see it. I want to see a powerhouse uh, stuff. So we've got uh, Room and then Brooklyn, the Saoirse Ronan film that was written by Nick Hornby. So I'm really excited to see that. Right. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that is, but okay. (laughs) Nick Hornby, High Fidelity. um... No, no, I know who Nick Hornby is. I just don't know what Brooklyn is. Yeah, neither do I. I'm just looking at the nominations like I have no idea what this is. I think actor and supporting role is the thing that kind of blew my mind that Tom Hardy got a nomination for The Revenant. We watched The Revenant the other day, and I was like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to ask you about that. What did you think of The Revenant? It's it's a beautiful film, and it's um, got some beautiful moments. Let me ask you this. Is it effed up? No. No, not at all? (laughs) No, it's not. I... You know, it's uh, what I mean by effed up. Is it disturbing? You know what? No. I, as I'm watching it, I was expecting more of like uh, the um, the film that I love from uh, a number of years ago. Oh, shit, I can't I can't think of the name with the uh, the Australian actor. Um, shit, I'm gonna Guy look Pierce. It up. Yeah, Guy Pierce. Oh wow, I took a shot in the dark there. Yeah, well, Australian actor. Is um, it the uh, the Australian Western? Yeah. Um, the- no, 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 not the Australian Western. Oh, the, okay. The Nick Cave film. No. Um, uh, the one with the cannibals, with the guy from uh, the Full Monty. <laughs> Robert Carlyle. Yes. Twenty eight days later. My mind is not working at all. Today. <laughs> Ravenous. But it's it's okay. It's like a game, you know? Yeah, it is. It's it's totally, you is know, 20, that guy. You got that movie with that guy from that TV show? 28 Who, Days uh, Later? Clueless yeah, No, Ravenous was the film. Oh, Ravenous. Okay, damn. a bird film. Okay. So that is a great, wonderful, amazing, disturbing Western kind of a film. I, yeah, well, we've talked about it before. I've, the, I'm a big fan of that film. Uh, it's just effed up and weird, and I really liked it. I've seen people say, this is the worst movie I've ever seen, but for some reason, I just loved it. Yeah, and The Revenant is hollow. I think that was the thing that really kind of, the thing that sticks with you the most are the visuals. It's right, right. gorgeous film. I mean, just, right, yeah. And some of those... Uh, that uh, Alejandro Inarutu and um, uh, he's yeah, one of those funny. guys that loves those continuous shots. Right. You know, those unedited continuous shots. And there's a number of those in the film that you're just like, whoa, how the hell did he pull that off? Stunning. Stunning. 
it's uh, it's a really beautiful film, and there's some moments in it that are really affecting. But the film itself is hollow, uh, and Tom Hardy's character is a caricature. You know, it's like just he's in he's a guy out for himself who's a little bit twisted and uh, decides that you know he's just out for himself. It's not it's not a it's not a character or or a performance that deserves. A nomination for actor and supporting role. Well, uh, what did you think? Uh, was Birdman a good film? Did you like it a lot? I did. did. I, I thought Birdman was again. An, uh, uh, it, w- it had a little more content, I think, to deal with. You know the way uh, uh, you kind of adapt and uh, he's on the, on the seek for greatness. But this this movie was just a revenge tale. I mean, it's, it's just, really it's some you know, kind of movie you wouldn't think. Maybe get, give it an award for cinematography, but you're not like, oh, this is the best film of the year or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, I, doesn't it, that happen every year? Whatever the best film of the year is, you're like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think, um, I think, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did a wonderful job, but best actor? I mean, I, he's probably, honestly, you look at the, the five nominations, uh, he's going to get it. Yeah. And it's only because he hasn't had this yet. And there's been a number of films that people feel he deserved it for prior. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, so he's going to get it. If he doesn't get it, I'm going to be shocked. Uh, What about, do you think Sylvester Stallone is a lock? No. No, I I would like it. But... uh, I don't really... I don't see any locks in that category. Yeah, like, I just need it to see. Go... It happens every year, Bill. Where I'm like, I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> Absolutely, I haven't watched Spotlight yet, which Mark Ruffalo's nominated. I for. do. I would like to see that. I genuinely would. It looks like a fantastic cast. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if I was, if I was just like just choosing, I would go. No way for Tom Hardy. He doesn't have a chance in hell. I don't even know why they nominated him. Uh, I would choose Sylvester Stallone. But again, I haven't watched Creed yet. So I'm completely without any valid opinions here. <laughs> right, that's the way I always feel. Like I'm a fraud. Nobody, I don't know who any. I don't. I haven't seen any of these movies. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen a hand. I've ha- seen a handful of them. All I know is Tom Hardy and the Revenant, Revenant is one of the most bullshit nominations I've ever seen. Because well, all he does is grumble throughout the whole thing. He basically does the Bane voice without. The vocoder over it. <laughs> I, I love the, the entire movie. What's funny is I love The Martian, and I saw Matt Damon nominated for Best Actor. I was like, nah, don't give it to him. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, Why did not I at all. That, that was way, not though. a Best Actor nomination. I mean, I thought he was great in it, but I don't know. Like, when I saw Brian Cranston nominated for Trumbo, I really want to see that movie. I was like, yeah, okay, I could see Brian Cranston winning. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, Michael Fassbender, uh Eddie Redmayne for the Danish girl, which I have no idea what that is, but I know he's dressed up like a girl. Is, is he's it dressed about, up as a Danish girl. Is it about a cross-dresser or is it It's just- a cross-dresser that serves pastries. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I would watch that. Um, hey, it's the Danish girl. Oh, God, I love your Danish. Kate Blanchett, no. She's not. Give it to Brie Larson, definitely. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think Brie Larson will probably win that. Charlotte Rampling, you've just doomed yourself. <laughs> yeah, honestly, any chance she had, I think if she won, 
people would throw tomatoes at her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oscar nominations for Best Picture. Uh, the Big Short with Brad Pitt. I have no idea what that is. is That's that an the- Adam McKay film, and it's a fictionalized telling of the whole subprime lending market. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that actually looked interesting. I would, yeah, I would check I'm- that out. Yeah. I think it was so funny. I was watching the, or was listening to the EW radio in the car where they talked about going to see this film. And at the end, it tells like a little byline of what happened to some of the people. And they said that a girl in front of them went, go, uh, said out loud, wait, this really happened? This is a true story? And they were just kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Bridge of Spies. Nobody Which, saw that movie. It I don't care. <laughs> like honestly, I I love Steven Spielberg. I love you, man. And, and it's well, got really, you know Tom Hanks in it. I, I so don't care. Like it's just what? one of those stories that it's just like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Don't care. One day on HBO, you're gonna watch it and go, oh yeah, that's pretty good or oh, something. You gonna, know? Yeah, it's gonna be like the year that I went to see Forrest Gump a million times instead of Shawshank Redemption. That's it might be one of those movies. Now, The Martian. It is a great crowd pleasing film. It is, is. It the best picture of the year. I don't know. No. Mad no. Max. My yes. vote goes for Mad Max. Yes, course. I I haven't seen anything like Mad Max in. God ever, I mean, just the 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 technical qualities of it, the the connection it makes with you, the it's just visceral. I I, I love it. I think it deserves the the award. Right, and then the Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. And again, I want to see Spotlight. Everything it looks like a fantastic cast. Love Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, name some of the other of the cast. Bill. In, uh, John Slattery. Uh, yes, a Leah Schreiber. Yep, he's always good. Stanley Tucci. Fantastic cast right there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an awesome cast. And, you know, I'm just looking at the poster for The Revenant, and it just... If I wanted to watch... If I was given a choice between The Revenant and Dances with Wolves, I would take Dances with Wolves. Like, you it's just... It's, it's not on that level. It's just like a, a gorgeous film, but it's like... Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's it's gorgeous. But and it's there's like, moments where you go, oh, and then it's just like, eh. One like thing that I think is kind of weird, best original song. Best original song. And I don't usually care about this category. Okay? All right. I don't know if you do either, really. No, normally I could give a shit. But uh, I'm trying to make sense of this thing because there's like a million songs on here did they really nominate this many songs or if it, is, is it just... no it's five songs okay. music original song yeah uh so we've got a song from 50 shades of gray which will be the only nomination that ever receives right name name them for me because i can't find it for some earned it from 50 shades of gray manta ray from racing extinction what, the, what? simple song number three from youth Writings on the Wall from Spectre, which can we just say right now that that song is awful? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. I thought universally everyone agreed that it was you, the worst Bond song ever. You know what blew my freaking mind is Tom York and Radiohead did 
the Bond song for Spectre. And it is a Bond song. Like, I brought it... Like, I had no idea this was going on until, uh, I guess, after the Golden Globes, somebody asked Sam Smith about the Radiohead song. And, and he was like, Tom York? Who's Tom York? Like, just throwing shade at it. And he's like, well, I don't know about that. I wrote the song for... I wrote the Bond song. Oh, and, you mean it sounds just like it? Is that no, no, no. It doesn't sound just like it. It just sounds like an actual freaking Bond song. Like, oh, okay. you should you should bring it up and just listen to the opening of it. It just okay. sounds so much better. Oh, I, I guess I'm not understanding. What you're saying is that song was first in contention and they Yeah, didn't... it was passed on. Okay, it was just they passed like, on it, it and then totally they passed on. And then they were like, and what it was is they wanted to bring somebody in that had a name. Like, I guess Radiohead wasn't enough for the Broccoli's or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, and... So they were like, well, let's get somebody who has a name. We'll get Sam Smith. And he, this song, it it's like f- fingernails down a chalkboard for me. I could, I could barely get through the opening title sequence. Well, yeah, no. Every, every you know, my dad wrote this huge long post on how it was a horrible song and how could it be a James Bond song. But here's my thing. And you guys may laugh at this or whatever, but I honestly can't believe the Wiz Khalifa song from Fat- Fury 7 wasn't nominated for best yeah. song. I'm honestly shocked. I'm shocked that it didn't win at the Golden Globes because I actually feel something when I when you when you hear that song, you feel something, and it's that, a good song. And it makes me emotional. I know it's cheesy, but the song uh, it makes you think of Paul Walker, and uh, yes. he's no it longer connects. with us. And a friend, uh, like one, you know, I will see you again, you know, in another better place or whatever and it's a meaningful song and for that not to get nominated in the sam smith james bond song get nominated is just it's ridiculous <laughs> and you know what's killing me is you know that this this sam smith song is gonna win and everyone's gonna go what the only other song that i could possibly think might have a chance is the final song that's nominated till it happens to you and it's a diane warren song that she again it there was controversy this week that somebody said that Lady Gaga didn't actually write any of it. She maybe rewrote one line and doesn't deserve a uh, a nomination. Linda Perry, who's a, another very famous songwriter who was the lead of Four Non Blondes, uh, said that. She was like, this is bullshit. Her getting a nomination is complete bullshit because she didn't even touch the song. And then she backtracked and apologized. But this song is for a film that's about domestic violence. And uh, if they're possibly any semblance of a heart uh, i don't i've not heard the song but just the subject matter to it is enough to probably swing the nomination or the, the award in its way but that's about that's i think that's it's between writings on the wall until it happens to you right so I just, you know, the when you start talking about the Oscars and the nominations, it starts to get on your nerves because you're like, oh, where, how do they come up with this shit? They just throw, you know, darts at a board, basically, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that's really it. The only, the only nomination that I really actually care about is uh, I want Sanjay's Super Team for to win short film, the Pixar film that was before the Good Dinosaur. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, it's so freaking good. 
It's it, you have to you have to dig dig deep for it online, but uh, I'll have to try and find that link again to show it to you because it's so good. And from what I understand, it was just in like the short film that it was. It was better than all of uh, the Good Dinosaur. Yeah, I heard a lot of people. Uh, said it's not Pixar's best, but even Pixar's not best is still got to be Pretty somewhat good, good right? Yeah. But Ooh, are I mean, we forgetting I, about Cars? I still think that uh, Inside Out was fantastic and made me an emotional mess. Yeah, and, I was Inside Out not nominated. Is it not? What's best animated film? Uh, is it? Maybe it is. It might be. Yeah, I think it is. It has to be. Because I'm an asshole. What are the nominations, though? I mean, just, I you know what? I was thinking of it in um, in the scheme of Best Picture, just general Best Picture nomination. Right. Uh, let me see here. Short original song. I do want to hear Chris Rock make all sorts of race jokes during the evening. <laughs> is he hosting it this year? Yeah, yes. he is. Yep. Awesome. All right. Unless, so unless animated feature film, we have... Anomalisa, which I've heard is amazing. Yeah, I've heard that too, but I don't know where I can see it, though. Yeah, it's the Charlie Kaufman film. I want to see that. Uh, Boy in the World, which I don't know. Okay. Uh, Inside Out, nominated. Uh, Shaun the Sheep movie. Okay. And When Marnie Was There, a Studio Ghibli film. Oh, never even heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay. But I feel bad that this weekend, they do this every year in Columbus as they have a a Studio Ghibli uh, festival where they show all the films in, like, their original Japanese and also in in, uh, English dub. And it's been going on for two weekends now, and I haven't even been able to get to see any of them. And uh, that kills me because I love seeing those films on the big screen. That would be great. Okay, Bill, I just wanted to uh, just to change the subject. For anyone who listened to our last episode where Bill and I were super excited about Ed coming back on television, I'm you know, it's still great that I can watch the episodes that have aired so far, right, Bill? Yeah. But here's the funny thing that I never in a million years would have <laughs> expected to happen. But do you remember us saying that the it was on a Christian channel. Right. Mm-hmm. The first episode starts and the sound keeps dropping out. And I think, oh, that's weird. And then Heather says it to me and then I realize that's what's happening. And I didn't even, she's like, are they censoring words? And I go, what? She goes, they're censoring words. And I was like, I rewound it and I was like, oh my God, they are. They censored the word hell. And the word ass. But they didn't censor whore. Yeah, there's a, the same episode, there's a part where Ed goes, okay, people, he's uh, Michael Ian Black. Um, he's like, what can we do to get more people in this bowling alley? And he goes, whores. Wall-to-wall whores. <laughs> no problem with that word whatsoever. <laughs> and it's said funny. like ten times in one short scene. So you would <clears throat> think... I would think that they would have been like, oh, my God, this is... That's why they didn't edit it, because they were like, we would totally have to just cut the scene out of the show. Yeah, (laughs) maybe that's what it was. Because we can't drop it out 15 times. But But to 
drop out jackass? Yeah, I watched it more. They've cut out the word bastard. They've cut out the word jackass. And I'm thinking, who is offended by these words? Right. It's really maddening. And I'm just like, okay, let it go. You can't watch this anywhere else. You could watch it on YouTube if you wanted, but it has no music. Yeah. And what's funny is, Bill, you recently sent me the um, the uh, despecialized version of Star Wars. Yeah. Where they took like seven different versions of Star Wars available in different times. And they used all those different things to make as close as possible to the theatrical 1977 version of Star Wars, right? Yes. And I was like, they need to make that version of Ed where they take the <laughs> YouTube version and this version, add in the words and add in the music, and then we'll be ready to go. Yeah. But it's just so funny how it's like, I'm happy to be able to watch a show, but God, they are... You're annoyed by missing words. They're cutting out the word bastard. There was one, there was a great episode with M. Emmett Walsh, and he's the mayor of Stuckyville, and he's, you know, remember he's uh, sending off their big bowling tournament. And he says something like, this isn't a half-assed bowling tournament, is it? And he goes, oh, I assure you, mayor, this is a full-assed bowling tournament. Well, they bleep ass both times. Half A half tournament and a full tournament. Yeah, half-ass and full-ass. Nope, cut it out. Who are they censoring this for? Who is watching this? Yeah. Especially My daughter is airing on... it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Let me ask you this. Hell's Kitchen, the TV show? Or... They couldn't play it on Hell the... is not a bad word. No. If my daughter said bastard, I would be like, oh, who are you calling a bastard? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't care at all. <laughs> She's allowed well, to say jackass. Isn't, bastard isn't a technical curse word. Yeah, Jack, that's describing in describing a child with unwed parents. Yeah, I mean, there. It sounds like they gave some. Okay, it's kind of like people who follow the rules blindly. They don't question things. Yeah. They, you always hear about things on the news where they didn't allow this child who has epilepsy in their restaurant, and the person's like, "Well, the young hostess didn't know any better because they can't decipher rules." So I picture like. Some guy, some intern, them going, cut out all the bad words in the show. And he's just having a field day, like, jackass, oh, got to cut that out. Hell, okay. Uh, yeah, I wonder else? if they have, like, if the network has, like, a Bible for bad words. Yeah, like a, a list of uh, words you can't say or something. Like, I'm sure they say those words on Gilmore Girls. I've never seen a single episode of the stupid show. But... Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you say that on the Up channel? <laughs> I, I, I think half of them. Uh, and so, I don't know if the other shows are edited. Maybe they are. Maybe they. Maybe yeah. Ed's special. But it just—it's kind of like it's like insulting to your intelligence as you're watching. Well, yeah, it is. Because I'll be watching so it. And I'm was, getting if into that. Walking with a donkey, and he says, "Here's my ass." They would blink. Yeah, it. yeah, they yes. would. But it's the kind of thing where I'm watching it and I'm having a good time, and then, like, they cut out Bastard, and I just got my palm, you know, I'm, like, resting my palm against my head. Your eye starts ticking. I'm just like, uh... And I'm like, I will never be able to watch this show the way I want to. 
<laughs> and I was telling you, like, my first thought, the Powerball was like a billion dollars. I'm like, I buy the rights to Ed. Yeah. I have it remastered like they did The Wire on HBO. For all. Yeah, and this is free to everyone to download or something. <laughs> to stream it for free. It's one of the greatest, most underappreciated shows ever. Yeah, because it's a great show. And are you fighting through it like I am, Bill? Uh, you know what? It's not bothering me that much, only because I haven't seen it in so long. I'm just appreciating that yeah. I'm able to actually lay here at night and watch it with Natalie and that she's loving it. Yeah, uh, I've gotten over it, but Heather and I will make a joke out of it. She, she'll say, like, oh, thank God they edited it out. That's so offensive. And I go, yeah, our virgin ears. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> they would edit that word out. Thank goodness we didn't have to hear the word hell, because that would have ruined everything this mm. evening, you know. But again, horror, nothing wrong with horror. that. Horror, horror is perfectly fine. It's in the Bible. Well, there are whores in this world. People need to know this. It's like, yeah, you're all right. They're so Terrible. Terrible. That horror. whore, Norman. Remember Norman's mother? Yes. Or was that Norman? Oh, wait, I had spoiler. Mm. Uh, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was funny. But Bill, watching the theatrical, being able to watch Star Wars the way you're supposed to, I, uh, Heather and I watched it. I was like, dude, I'm geeking out over here watching this the way you're supposed to. I'm, mm. I got really just into it and... It's, oh my God, I don't ever have to watch the added CGI in A New Hope again. And now within the past week, we just get news that uh, that uh, Team Negative has released an original scan of a 35 millimeter print of the theatrical release of Star Wars. Oh my God, so I know. So now we've got, you know, their first pass on it of uh, cleaning it up and, uh, but to get a... Uh, the Blu-ray, they released it on Blu-ray, so it's like 30 gigs. So I'm going to have to download it uh, from uh, a site that doesn't have a, a ratio. Because I know my spleen has a ratio, and I'm already a little close to the uh, the up and down. Like, you have to upload more than you can download or have it even. So that would probably hit me pretty hard on the ratio. So I'm going to have to find a place where it's a free leech to download it uh, and then burn it to Blu-rays for us because I really, really want to see that. Oh, like I, you told me about that. I was like, what? You mean it's even better than the version I just watched? Yeah, even Harmy, who is the the lead guy on the Despecialized Edition, said, don't watch mine anymore. Watch this one. Because that this is, is unbelievable because his, their version, I know it wasn't just one guy. It was like many people who worked on it. They did a fantastic job, you know? Yeah, it's it's and, pretty, pretty and, amazing. And it's high definition. And there's, you know, there's a couple uh, samples from the, the reels that Team Negative released on uh, YouTube. And it's... It's absolutely amazing how clear and how beautiful it is. So I can't even imagine what it would be if we actually got a true, cleaned, remastered version from Disney. Oh, I which, know. Which needs to happen if it isn't already happening or all in, they need in to progress. Do, all they, in order to win them over to want to do that, somebody just needs to show them the original version again and go, Oh my God, yeah. 
this is the version people need to be watching. Because, you know, it's funny, Heather, it was like the same time you sent me uh, that, Heather said, hey, is it all right if I loan somebody um, the Star Wars trilogy on DVD? Because they just watched Force Awakens, they want to rewatch it. And I go, yeah, sure. And I told you, Bill, isn't it funny that like there there would have been a time where I'd be like, hell no, nobody's. I'm not loaning out my Star Wars DVDs, but don't give a shit because it's the version I just don't care about anymore. And it made me sad that too bad they have to watch this 2004 version instead of the this version, the 1977. You dumb version. bastard! They're about to watch the version with you know. Uh, the little robot going <laughs> at the tat, you know, at Moss Eisley spaceport, and the thing hits it for no reason. The Jawa falling off the Ronto, like going, oh, Didi! you know, all that shit. Why do I need that shit in my movie? <laughs> What's amazing is whenever you watch the specialized edition, you it actually causes you to forget that that stuff ever happened. I know, and then the Jabba scene. Oh God. <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Solo. You know what's funny is on that Harmy thing, if you watch on YouTube, there's a little documentary. They the first version of that Jabba and then they tried to fix it later and make it better. That first version was so bad. <laughs> oh my like when he just raises up. Yeah, and it was like across the tail. But Jabba the Hunt looks so it looks like their first pass, like they haven't finished oh, yeah, animating yeah. it. And that made it into theaters. It was like 1997 they released it in the theaters, I think. Was that it? Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't do that. I'm oh, so glad I didn't go see the special editions. Heather and I went and saw all three of them. Oh I wow. That. Did you lose your shit at the end of Jedi cuz that probably was the thing that upset me the most uh, 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 well that they hadn't added in young anakin yet that wasn't until the blu-ray and the only reason i've seen any of that is because of youtube videos mm-hmm. but apparently um you know they added anakin you know what's yeah. so funny is you know you see like ign posts every star wars story imaginable and one of them was, and I kind of finally was losing my shit over this. It was like, Anakin was almost in The Force Awakens. And then, you know, click on the story, Steven, and read it. It would say, yeah, in like early me. discussions, we thought about what if we added, like, an Anakin Force ghost. But, you know, we threw that over. It's like, he was never almost in the movie. Yeah, no. It's called <laughs> sitting around a table and shooting, the, shooting shit, the shit, writing ideas down or whatever. It doesn't mean it was almost in the effing screenplay But there's so many. It's every week you have to navigate that shit. They love clickbait. They do. There's even a new one that I just read while doing this show, and I just rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, God, shut up. Or whatever. Captain Phasma outfit was almost Kylo Ren's outfit. Oh, my God. Was it really almost, or was it just like, hey, this could be Kylo Ren? No, no, let's save that for another character. Okay. You know what the worst thing is, is... They're sitting there and mining that art book mm-hmm. because they just kind of threw ideas. It's, it's amazing. I It's like when you, you sent it to me for Christmas and it's one of the most amazing books. And I was like, damn, I wish Jason had this too because that's all. They're, they're just sitting there mining these little paragraphs where they're just throwing out ideas in yeah. like an interview. And they're like, oh, and they're taking it and running with it without any actual f- fact. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the Kylo Ren outfit went through about a hundred different yeah. incarnations. Yeah. And they I can, can imagine everything went They can through. throw that up later, yeah. like, hey guys, click on this. This is almost what Kylo Ren looked like. It's like you could do that for any movie. They go through different variations. Dude, do you guys remember a long time ago, like when we were kids, they had a Return of the Jedi uh, special where they showed different versions of Jabba the Hutt? Yeah. You know, the different ways he almost looked like. It's just movie development, you assholes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's the other story that just came out that... Uh, episode eight has been pushed back to December, and I was like, I always thought it was coming out December. Anyway. Yeah, so did I. I had no idea that it was planned for summer. And someone was like, Yeah, they need to rewrite the script. No, oh, they don't. What's going on with the screenplay or whatever? And I was like, I think it's just called script development. Like this is just shit that happens when you make movies. I th- I thought that they said that the script was finished for this one, and that they're. They're already in pre-production. What I just read is that they want to add some beats, you know. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. They, they're, so they're punching up the script. They're punching it up. It doesn't mean anything that happens on every goddamn movie. Maybe, maybe something <laughs> happened between the end of The Force Awakens and this one that they were like, okay, well, let's expand upon that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, people are like, everyone loves Ray. We need to give yeah, her we, more of the two. We than missed this beat in, in The Force Awakens. We, yeah. need to, we need to figure out how to cover that. Well, I haven't heard, or, like, say something like, I don't, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but there are times in a movie where you will really like a character you know and they're like you really need to put add this character more put them give it's them like a Maz. scene like are this come up with something yeah yeah like yeah people are gonna love this character or people did love the character in the first movie you need to give them this and it's like oh yeah yeah we do need to add that or something you know or whatever it doesn't mean anything but we live in a day and age where you have to report on everything right yeah, more anyone, than everything, it seems, anymore. Is anyone interested in seeing Pride and Prejudice in Zombies? I know Natalie is. I don't. I, I wasn't blown away by it, but I, I have no reference. I didn't read it. I didn't. You weren't blown away by the trailer? Yeah, I wasn't really blown away by the trailer for Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. <laughs> well, just curious. Oh. I have no idea if it's going to be good or bad or anything like that. Well, it... I don't know if it's, it really qualifies as a film that would be good or bad. Maybe fun. <laughs> yeah, a fun movie. Yeah. Is it along the the Abraham Lincoln vampire? Yeah. Again, a movie I wouldn't call good or bad, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. All you, all it has to be is a film that's very entertaining. entertaining. Yeah. Right, Bill. We'll win yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> Guys, I have some voicemail. Do you guys want to hear some voicemail? Yes. Yes, I do. What about you, Bill? Please. More voicemail. Until Bill says he wants to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's check this out. The first voicemail is from Adam. Adam Sexton. Let's check it out. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. Adam Sexton here sending you some voicemail. I will not be in the chat room tonight to uh, listen in because I'm still working, but uh, this way I can uh, get the voicemail in and then I can hear your your episode when it gets posted next week. So good luck on tonight's show. First things first, 
I loved Ken Preventer's voicemail. I loved hearing his wife's reactions to the Star Wars prequels and how she felt about the series overall. And uh, while I don't agree with them, I, I, I loved where she was coming from. I, I thought it was very funny, very touching, and um, I agree with the rest of you that they should not have been watching those movies on a computer. I don't know what their living conditions are like, but either on the biggest TV they can get or in a movie theater. Maybe those options weren't available to them. But, yeah, I think that kind of contributed to maybe her being bored or maybe she's just not into that kind of movie. Anyway, I think this should be a reoccurring theme where uh, Ken and his wife watch, like, certain genre films that we're all fond of and uh, post their their reactions to it. I I think this could be a really good reoccurring uh, uh Feet, uh, voicemail uh, series. So, anyway, <laughs> love that. Watch Lords I, of Arabia. Uh, watch the, the Sherlock, uh, the Abominable Bride uh, special, and I agree with your thoughts as well. Even if this is just a placeholder until they can shoot some more episodes, whenever that will be, a so be it. I was uh, still very, very much entertained, and I uh, was glad that I got to see it. The big score, I think. For me, in terms of movies that I was able to watch, was uh, I was finally able to see Orson Welles' uh, Chimes at Midnight, and this was this premiered on TCM. I want to say about a month or so ago, and if you have if you don't know anything about it, it's uh, it's very much related to the character of Falstaff, who was in uh, Henry the Fourth and a little bit in Henry the Fifth. And it's very much about his character and his uh, relationship and falling out with Prince Hal, who would go on to become Henry V. And I think, even after one viewing, this is easily in like my top five Orson Welles films, along with Othello and Citizen Kane and Magnificent Ambersons and uh, Touch of Evil. So if you, I don't know how, from what I understand, it's not really that readily available on dvd or so but if you're able to catch it on tv again or if you're able to see it at a uh movie theater that that uh that would show uh, movies like that i would highly recommend you check it out the the acting uh is magnificent the black and white photography is really great and i highly recommend that i talked about this with uh jason over facebook messaging the Really, kind of varied reactions to the Batman versus Superman trailer. Tone wise, I do prefer the previous trailer, but I still enjoyed this this one. It was more kinetic and more looser, and kind of had a bit more of a, a sense of humor about it. And I'm not particularly worried about Eisenberg. I I find the different approach to Luther very intriguing, and uh, I mean they've. I think they've just got to try and do something different instead of just being compared to uh, previous incarnations or portrayals of the character. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but I read some rumor on Birth Movies Death, uh, which used to be Badass Digest, that Bizarro may be involved in the plot, and that's one of the secret things that they're trying to hide away from any promotional material. So, uh, uh, Spoiler! Uh, yeah, uh, that's it's a, still a long ways a off. It's going to be a big movie. There's a lot of it we don't know about. I did watch that uh, DC uh, Justice League special they had on, I, w- I want to say it was Thursday night, 
and uh, loved seeing the extra footage uh, of the upcoming Wonder Woman movie, as well as the new Suicide Squad trailer. Uh, I'm 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 really loving the uh, the trailer for that. I, I like the use of Bohemian Rhapsody and how it's also trying to be wild and crazy and tonally different. And uh, I really. I'm really feeling good about the Wonder Woman solo film because at one particular point, the director, Patty Jenkins, made this comment that they're trying to capture uh, Wonder Woman's uh, kindness and, uh, and, her, and her ability to be good and charitable as well as her abilities as a fighter. And it reminded me of this moment during uh, Gail Simone's run of Birds of Prey where Black Canary's... Uh, uh, sparring off against Wonder Woman, and she's it's she's doing voiceover narration, and she makes this observation that Wonder Woman uh, is everything you uh, in person is everything you you uh, expect from her. She's you know very beautiful and very kind and very intelligent, but if you are ever in a fight against her, she becomes like the scariest person on the planet. So uh, I'm hoping they capture that about her, and. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I wish that I could be as excited as Bill was about the sequel to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as far as that trailer mm. goes, but I am not. I saw that <laughs> on my second viewing of The Force Awakens, and I was just bored, just rolling my eyes, and I just couldn't – I can't relate to that franchise anymore. I'm sorry. It's not Chimes uh, at Midnight, Adam. I do <laughs> love that uh, Bill brought up the Nice Guys trailer. The Red, Brand, the Red Band trailer is just absolutely fantastic, and I think that's the movie I'm looking forward to the most this year. Were it not for the fact that uh, the new Key and Pill movie, uh, Keanu, just got posted. Don't know if y'all have seen it, but you need to. Yeah. Because, I thought that was a uh, joke. That's that's a great surprise, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, as far as gaming is, I told this to Jason, but I've rage quit Mad Max. I couldn't make it through the final <laughs> boss showdown. There's a combat car race that occurs, and I just couldn't get past it. It was just way too frustrating. And I really wanted to that game to end. Uh, I, I've played enough of it. I really do enjoy the game, but I just couldn't stay all the way through it. So... Um, I don't know where I'm going to go to after this game is uh, – when I'm done with this game, I don't know what I'm going to play next. I've got Witcher 3 or I've got Grand Theft nice. Auto 5 I can resume or I've got Metal Gear Solid 5 from Gamefly, so who knows. But uh, anyway, um, that's all the feedback I have. Uh, for now, I've got to get back to work. Guys, uh, You're on the clock I right wish now? you nothing but the best <laughs> of luck. I'm hoping everyone's staying Shame. warm and uh, everyone's feeling all right. And I will uh, speak to you guys later. Bye. Thanks a lot, Adam. Uh, you know, it's funny he told me he rage quit. It's like, come on. What you sp when you rage quit for the night, everyone knows the next day you beat it the first beat try. It. Yeah. You know? And the part that he was stuck on, I, I, it is hard, but it's very rewarding once you get past it, <laughs> you know. And, I think I'm on that, I'm on that race. And that's not even the end of the game. Yikes! It's, it's, it's a pretty hard part, but you keep going and you fight so many people. Where I'm like, good God, I what came, is this? End? I came, I came real close to 
beating him, and then all of a sudden, I just couldn't control the car anymore. And, like, <laughs> just like, and I was just like, like I wasn't ready to rage quit. He was like, yeah, mental no! fatigue. I think when I finally beat him, I literally just unloaded on Thunder Poons, like right when the race starts. I was like, boom, 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 just as fast as I could. And that's how I, I tried beat that. Him. Yeah. I think that's when I got close to beating him. I almost think the game was like, all right, this guy's tried this a million times. Let's make it easy. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. It's like in Uncharted, all of a sudden you get a clue because you, what do I do? Or something like that. But um, yeah, thanks a lot, Adam. Uh, yeah, and Chimes at Midnight is actually showing at the uh, cinema revival at uh, the Wexner Center for the Arts here in February. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll go check it out. But, uh, of course, Orson Welles is a very talented guy. He didn't just do the no wine before it's time commercial. <laughs> ah. He was an incredible filmmaker that met more and more, uh, like, he always had studio resistance, didn't he? Yeah. He, he didn't get to do all that he wanted to, and I think he became very jaded with the business. He was kind of a dumpster fire. Yeah, I I haven't exactly um, you know read any of his biographies or anything, but my dad was always a huge fan of Orson Welles, and he would talk about him and stuff. So I know he's a very talented guy, and I need to watch more of his films, certainly. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if uh, there's still any tickets to Chimes at Midnight. As, as for the sure Ninja there Turtles, are. the Ninja Turtles movie, I think it's neat that they put Bebop and Rocksteady or whatever. I don't expect it to be a great movie or anything. I no, just, neither do I. It's, it's a Saturday morning movie. cartoon. It's not yeah. even the Eastman Laird storyline. It's yeah, just... I still think the turtles look ridiculous. I the turtles look ridiculous, but at least it's something more than the first film. At least yeah. this is a little more, you know, fun. The first film was just a slog. And one of the turtles farted. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was a great scene. It was the best scene in the film, really. It really was. I love turtle farts. So. <laughs> I like turtle farts. I like turtles. And the farting. Uh, it was funny. My niece said that to me. She said, I like turtles. And I go, you do know that video is like 10 years old, right? <laughs> It's like when a child tells you a joke that you heard when you were a kid. You do know that's like 45 years old. That joke. You know that's not new. Yeah. I don't care. I'm just telling you the joke, old man. Hilarious. That shit is hilarious. Oh, and another thing I was thinking about with Star Wars, and especially with Ken showing his wife the original trilogy, I think back to, I don't remember what it was, but showing, it had something to do with showing... People, children of today, not children, uh, uh, what do you call this? Millennials? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. The original Halloween. Remember when it first came out, it was like the first slasher film. The It was like groundbreaking. But now it looks silly compared to all of the horror films people have watched and they're desensitized over time. It loses some of its specialness, you know, because of how many other films you've seen since then. Yeah. I honestly think showing someone today the original Star Wars, it, yes, it does lose some of its... Uh, the effects were such a spectacle when the film came out. You right. never seen anything like it. In this day and age, we've seen everything, right? Yeah. So yeah. I do think some of the sheen wears off of it because you honestly do have to be uh, 
in a time and place when the film came out. You have sometimes. to have been. You have to have seen films that didn't that the effects grew from. Right, right. But I do think the film holds up amazingly well when you watch the theatrical version. Yeah, it really and does. It's special to me, honestly, because you know. Whatever age you were when the first film hit, like some people it's Empire, some people it's Return of the Jedi or whatever, um, just like any other film, like a film that came out, like I'm trying to think of something, uh, for instance, uh, <laughs> I can't think of it. Okay, Braveheart. I don't know why, just Braveheart. But there were several sword movies, sword and sandal movies that came out as a result of Braveheart. Or even like uh, Gladiator or whatever. Mm-hmm. And certainly if you go back and watch Braveheart now, it's some of its specialness of when it first came out has worn off. But it's still a great story and all that stuff. I don't know if I'm even making a point here. I think there's a point there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's when you first discover a movie, that movie seems to hold something in right. it for you. Even though the effects have gotten better over time. For instance, like I showed Emma the original Star Wars trilogy when she was very young. And uh, she wasn't yet jaded. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it could be special. Baby, what the hell are you doing? With that blanket. She's starting to... You know how She's dogs, they, they start to resent you not paying attention to them. So they start chewing on yep, things. Yep, chewing on the blanket. You better knock that shit off. That's right. She's looking at me like, what am I doing? What am I doing that's wrong? You know what She's you're doing. She's digging around in it like it's dirt. I remember, do you remember one time we were doing a show and we both turned around and she's holding like a lotion bottle in her mouth? <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm chewing on lotion because you won't pet me, asshole. So anyway, uh, let's leave Dog that into. a filthy mouth. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever accidentally gotten any lotion like in your mouth? I like the walking stick chew cane, chew cane she's got here. Yeah, she's got a giant candy cane rawhide bill. It's so funny when she <laughs> runs through the long. house. When she <laughs> runs through the house with that, it bangs into everything. She knocks everything over. All right, guys, let's listen to Ken's new voicemail. Let's check it out. Well, hello, Entertainment Landfill folks. This is Ken calling, and this voicemail is going to be a replacement or voicemail I sent to Jason, uh, thinking that that would be the, my word on Star Wars The Force Awakens, but uh, thinking it over and listening to the podcast uh, episode 27, <laughs> I thought, well, I think I need to send a replacement. So first, I should disclose something, which is that uh, my wife, Taiha, who is a screenwriter, she, is, uh, she works in the film industry in Vietnam writing screenplays, and one thing we didn't disclose to you folks is that when Star Wars The Force Awakens uh, was released all around the world on December 18th, there were only two countries where it did not, it was not the number one film in that country. And those two countries were South Korea and Vietnam. And in Vietnam, the movie that beat Star Wars and continued to beat Star Wars for several weeks is a film called I'm Your Grandma, which is a remake of a South Korean comedy and just so happens to have been written by my wife. So so she wow. uh, personally kicked Star Wars's ass in, in <laughs> Vietnam. So uh, I'm very proud nice. of her for 
doing that, but I, I, I did I do think it colored our response somewhat to the Force Awakens, which isn't really fair. So anyway, uh, you don't have to play the previous voicemail. In fact, I'll force your hand and I'll just summarize what I what we said before, and which is that it, just a bunch of uh, negative crap about you know this is imitation Star Wars and not real Star Wars, and that there's nothing new and that it's just a nostalgia trip, and it's all just supposed to make us feel good. But, you know, even though that sounds like a negative, you can actually use that same, the same description to say why the film is awesome. Now, now Jason, or was it Bill? I think it was Jason who said last time that uh, George Lucas, he thinks George Lucas hates his fans. You know, the way he talks about how The Force Awakens is what the fans wanted and, I think you're right. I think he does. I think he really hates his fans because they don't seem to care about what he cares about. You know, the the and the prequels proved this. And uh, and by the way, you know, Taiha, you asked me to ask Taiha if she liked the original trilogy more than the prequels, and yes, she did. She really did. She really enjoyed uh, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and if the prequels were a lot more like the original trilogy, I think she would actually be a fan. But, you know, uh, somehow being a fan means you have to hate the prequels, and by extension, George Lucas. <laughs> so he's, uh, whenever he says, this is this is not what I like, this is what the fans want, you better believe that's probably better than what he would do. <laughs> and The Force Awakens is that. It's, it's, it's about what we love about Star Wars, and it's not about what George Lucas loves. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. That's just what we want. We want Star Wars away from George. We want it removed from George Lucas. And it reminds me of the line from uh, the first Star Wars when uh, Han Solo comes to save Luke. And he says, okay, kid, let's blow this thing and go home. And I felt that's what The Force Awakens was doing it looked at the prequels and said let's just blow all that and uh go home now we and so we it didn't give us anything new because that's not what we want we don't want anything new we want to go home and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna criticize that that's that would be ridiculous i'm not gonna piss on that because (laughs) honestly at times i did feel the way i felt uh when i was watching a star wars movie as a kid and to deny that is to be an asshole. <laughs> uh, so, now, I, I was really too young to understand uh, Star Wars or The Empire Strikes Back, but I was 11 years old when Return of the Jedi came out, and that is just the perfect age. And I was obsessed with it. And my friends and I, we we watched the movies all the time, and we played with the toys and collected things, and... To this day, I still have a complete set of Return of the Jedi trading cards. And, you know, this is back when, as a critic, <laughs> my critical faculties were, let's say, primitive. So, you know, what I loved were cartoons and science fiction and horror. So my three gods were Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and Stephen King. Uh, Force Awakens really captured that. Uh, feeling, and that happened right at the beginning, when you see the opening crawl and 
the statement, Luke Skywalker is missing. <laughs> Luke Skywalker, remember him. <laughs> you know, remember now we have a movie about him again. And then when the Millennium Falcon and Han Solo come into the scene, Han Solo, he's still Han Solo. He's got the attitude, the fast pace, the throwaway lines, the jokes, all of that just captured the feeling, some of the feeling of the original trilogy. And even the death of Han Solo, it's like saying, remember in Empire Strikes Back when Han got carbonated? Carbonated, is that how you describe carbon carbon freezing? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, here's that again. Here's that happening to him again times ten. You know, instead of being carbonated, he gets a lightsaber through the chest, you know. Or remember the Death Star blowing up a planet. Well, here's that again, uh, times five. Uh, so that this movie, The Force Awakens, it gave me what I wanted as a 12-year-old. And I, that's no small thing. That's not a small achievement. I think that is a major achievement. Uh, certainly compared to the prequels, J.J. Um, Abrams succeeded more doing that. Now, okay, so having said all that, just two more things. Uh, I want to throw these two things out there that my 40-something-year-old self can't help but think about. And first, watching the original trilogy again with, uh, with Taiha was great. I mean, those watching those movies gave me more of that feeling of you know, of what of what it felt like to watch those movies as a kid. So if if the point is is to make us feel like kids again, why not just look at the originals? And that leads me to my second point, which is that in a way, um the worst thing that ever happened to Star Wars was The Empire Strikes Back. And by that I mean it's not just a Star Wars movie. It's a great movie. Just the potential that that film represents really does haunt the series, uh, the entire saga for me, where we're just not going to get another movie like it. I just don't think, I, I, I don't think it's possible to have a movie that great again in this series. Uh, but I can live with that as long as we also never get another movie like Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, or Revenge of the Sith. So, guys, that's my more thoughtful response to The Force Awakens. And uh, like I said, I I hope the I hope you know this replaces the other voicemail, which maybe seemed a little pissier. Uh, and I love hearing all the Star Wars chat. So uh, I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye. Thanks a lot, Ken. Uh, I was sad we didn't get to hear your wife in the in the redo. <laughs> yeah, but I did listen to that first one, and it was very negative. <laughs> yeah, I just think um, I don't know, uh, but I'm glad that he recorded a different one, kind of like let your thoughts settle or whatever like that. But you know, I, one thing I want to say is I don't hate George Lucas. I just a lot of times I literally just do the oh George you know at yeah. things he does you well, know without him 
you don't have the first. Right, right. He, yeah, exactly. If, so you, he, you can't hate him. Having recently you watched... despise things he's done. Watched A New Hope again, that the 1977 version, it was so... I mean, I know there was a lot he cut out, Bill, right? He had so much that he whittled it down into the film it is, right? Well, it wasn't even him that whittled it. It was his three editors. Right, but... Like, I mean, his first cut was a disaster. But if you watch that and all the little nuggets are there of Star Wars, you get to hear, yeah. there, there's a little throwaway line with the Emperor in it, you know, and about the, uh, you know, the Jedi Knights and all that. It's just so cool how there's just a little sliver of information, but that was enough to make your imagination run wild. Yeah, absolutely. And the problem with, you know, the prequels, while I think the idea of the prequels it's fine. I think uh, if execution, not so much. It's the execution. Like you could totally redo those films, but with better execution. I honestly think Anakin should have been older. Maybe the age he was in Attack of the Clones in uh, the Phantom Menace, and just just yeah. the pacing, the everything. You know, just reimagine the whole damn thing. You know, needs to go back to the drawing board. Right. And the whole thing about, I honestly think Force Awakens, uh, okay, if you think of it like this, okay, it's a sequel to Return of the Jedi. Um, of course, it's going to feel like Star Wars, you know, because you mm-hmm. want it to. It, it's a sequel to Return of the Jedi. It's a sequel to the prequels. It's... Um, while adding new things, of course, we've got new characters, you know, Ray and, uh, Finn and you're, uh, you've got the old characters. We want to see a continuation of Luke Skywalker. Is it a lot of it? Um, um, you, you know, of course we have those childhood feelings when we love the films and, you know, it is when you see Sky, Luke Skywalker's name, you're like, holy shit, I'm watching a, a movie that. Luke Skywalker is a character again. It's very special. But there's also, I guess, I don't know, we all have baggage through our lives of whatever we've had with Star Wars. It's very hard to follow up. I mean, I know that J.J. Abrams originally turned it down because he thought of that. Like, yeah, holy right. shit, I'm following up the original trilogy. How do you do that? How do you do it? And he decided, I've got just got to do it, you know. And he has. Um, you can analyze and, uh, you know, a lot of people have, you know, like, uh, is this just a remake of a new hope or is this a remake of a new hope and empire strikes back or whatever, blah, blah. There are echoes certainly of, um, of those films. And there are little nods, uh, that are, you know, little winks to the audience, which are great, or maybe they're not, you hate them or whatever. I don't know what to do about that. All I can say is that I appreciated them. I love yeah. the the knocked over uh, ad at in the sand and uh, all that stuff. So it just uh, depends on what you want to see in a Star Wars film. All I want to know is this: What would you have done in Episode Seven? What would you have done? Yeah. Would you have made a whole new movie with new characters without? Han, Luke, and Leia even mentioned just a new storyline with new characters. You can't. Would people have been like, well, what? 
Why are they doing this? This is kind of bullshit. Well, I kind of like the fact in the movies, too, that they're a mythos, you know, behind Yeah, them, right. Know, it's like, it's like, oh, they are real people, you know, when they, when it's like, you knew Luke? Wow, I thought he was made up, you know? Yeah, they're used well, to... Well, and also, like, uh, the first time with Han, they're like, oh, the general? The smuggler? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's, there's a sense of history there. Yeah, there's different different levels to the to the characters again. So, I mean, had it been a different movie and they just make mention of those characters, and there's something, it wouldn't be exactly, I mean, the same. There's something really special about Star Wars also where there's always something in the past that sounds incredibly interesting. Even before the prequels, you know, there's the Old Republic and they've made games and books off of that shit that has never been in films. There's just like this rich history. You want to know more about the planets and the species and all that. Something like, I know people compare them all the time. Let's say Star Trek. Nobody gives a shit about the past on Star Trek or no, really. the Federation, whatever. Came about. It's not the same thing as like Star Wars has this rich history or, you know, the Jedi once thrived or there used to be a bunch of Sith or some shit like that. But yeah. it's just like something in your imagination. It just sets it off where you think of these, wow, that sounds awesome or whatever. And it's even now, if you look on YouTube... There's people making videos of who is Ray and who is Snoke. Who is he really? Here's who I think he is. There's people like they've grabbed onto this mystery and they're excited again. It's fun again. It's fun again, you know? And by the way, um, you can either knock something for bringing up a childhood love like some people like something like ready player one ernie Klein's, where his love of the 80s i've read bad reviews of that book where people are saying he needs to grow up you know right. stop jerking off about your childhood or whatever well, you know what those people aren't the audience and it's yeah it's and not, it's not so much a celebration as uh, an appreciation of what formed us so i mean you can't knock episode seven for being for the audience of star wars that's who it's for mm -hmm. um i if you don't like it it wasn't for you i honestly <laughs> wonder if george lucas would have made episode seven i don't know what he would have done but i remember reading that he called up carrie fisher he called up mark hamilton hey you guys ready we're gonna make a new trilogy or something so, and a lot of shit that he said in that Charlie Rose interview made no sense. Yeah, uh, he had about, no idea what he was going to do. Well, well, the, the thing where he said that, you know, they decided to go retro. Um, what do you mean? They had the original cast. Didn't you call them up on the phone and tell them, are you guys ready? I don't understand. What are you saying there? Was retro that they shot practical it? Practical effects. You know, they use practical effects. That's retro. What about this, George? Go look at the Phantom Menace with Anakin. He's in the ship, and he, he you know, the Trade Federation ship. It's kind of like the attack on the Death Star there in Luke, isn't it? It's How echoes. about the fact that the shit in the prequels looked more futuristic than the shit in the original trilogy? That's a <laughs> right. problem, George. Well, also, he kind of said something about, uh, well, you know, I, I don't go to the same planets, you know. It's like... They didn't go to a single planet that was established in the original trilogy in The Force Awakens. That makes no sense. You went yeah, back to Tatooine. Tatooine but... You went back to Tatooine twice. Yeah, twice. Prequels. You went back. And then you couldn't stop talking about it. 
You went back to Tatooine in Return of the Jedi. Also, you went yep. keep, keep you keep going back to Tatooine. There's more planets than just your select few. I'm saying if you listen to him talk, he contradicts himself a million times. Yeah. He's just kind of talking. You stick a microphone in his face or whatever. But I, I love the guy for creating Star Wars, but he also is kind of like a grumpy old man about like, uh, you know, they don't fans. They it's not about Star Wars is not about spaceships. I well, what's funny is that I think people. George has always been a grumpy old man, even yeah. From the very beginning, I mean, you get his films like THX 1138, you get American Graffiti. Those are grumpy old man movies. <laughs> he was a kid making grumpy old man movies. I, I'll never forget in the, uh, he, in the the beginning, it's a documentary that's on the Phantom Menace DVD. Go watch that documentary about the making of the Phantom Menace. They show him sitting there. He's watching like some silent film with a train and he's like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is wonderful. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a train. It's a black and white movie. It's silent. Oh, this is fantastic. You know, that that's what he's getting off on. Mm-hmm. He's just, kind of the asshole film student that we all hated. But somehow, some way, he stumbled upon something great. And then... Once he stumbled upon it, he, I mean, he wasn't, you can honestly say he wasn't responsible for Empire Strikes Back. He was, he he says it, he said it before. He was very busy building the company. Yeah. It's the most hands-off Star Wars film there is. Yeah. Out of all of them. So I would have to say that, you know, yes, he gave us that initial film, uh, a film that was quite honestly saved by its editors. Uh, and if you've ever seen the the stuff that got cut out of Star Wars with Luke and meeting up with his friends and he's got that hat on. Yeah. It's kind of reminds me of the prequels. It's so funny. Well, you remember there's that part in that same documentary where they've just watched the rough cut of Phantom Menace and he's like, we could have, okay. They're all just kind of stunned looking at each other like. Yeah, okay. that's quite possibly I, one of the most amazing scenes I've ever seen in a documentary. Like, okay, well, how do we... We could maybe bump up the pacing here in the third act. If you watch The Phantom Menace, that third act is cutting between each character. Like, <laughs> you're just... Okay, here's Padme. She's with them. And then here's here's the duel with Darth Maul. And then cut... Here, here's Anakin. He's in the ship. And it just cuts... Oh, well, wait. we got to cut to Jar Jar. He's in the battlefield, you know? And it's just like cutting between each one. Everyone, just like... So many layers. Yeah. It's so dense, guys. And I loved... I, in that, that scene in that documentary where they're all like, well, we kind of painted ourselves into a corner. We can't... We can't cut any one thing out because... They keep cutting back to it. It's going in a rhythm or whatever. Yeah, the wheels will fall off. But I don't think what they realized was that the wheels fell off a long, long time before that particular scene. Yeah, I just, I can't wait to uh, have Own the Force Awakens on (laughs) Blu-ray. Yeah. I just excited. I'm watching the, right now. I'm watching Star Wars Rebels. They had a new episode with Princess Leia, and I just love that shit. I can't wait to get back into it. 
I I have hardly watched any of the episodes from this season. There's a part where uh, Kanan, he's dressed as a stormtrooper, and he goes running towards an AT-AT, the guys in the ship, and they see it's a there's a stormtrooper running towards them with a lightsaber, and they're like, um... And a guy goes, I don't think that guy's on our side. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Uh, they have uh, really good comedic moments on there, and it's and there's a sense of danger and stuff too. It's 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 very cool. David Dave Filoni's done a fantastic job on that show. I just wish that I had all the episodes at once to binge watch it. Yeah. Well, I I've got most of them now, so I'm gonna have to do a serious binge of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, I you I showed you that trailer to the rest of the season. It looks yeah, fantastic. holy crap! It's like a movie trailer. It made me so excited. <laughs> yeah, it speaking, looks awesome. Speaking of movie trailers, did you guys watch the Ten Cloverfield Lane trailer? No. Yeah, I'm really intrigued. Yet. I just I heard about it. I haven't watched it yet. It's very interesting. It's uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Winstead, um, John Goodman, and another guy, and they look like and another guy. And I love how the music builds. It's I think we're alone now. Mm-hmm. The original version, not the uh, Tiffany version. Not the <laughs> Tiffany, not the Tiffany Mall version. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're living in an underground bunker, it looks like, playing cards, doing puzzles, watching TV, making food or whatever. And then the tension starts building. They, You notice that John Goodman's got a gun and, and things look kind of... Sissy Spacek and Christopher Walken are there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to think it of what It just made me think of that blast from the past movie with Brendan. Oh, Brent. okay. I got it. I was like, what is he referencing? God what is he referencing? Um, okay, the 700 Club is on TV, so I'm going to change the channel. Hi. Are you on Up? No, I was on uh, Freeform or ABC Family because they were showing Back to the Future movies. I just oh. had them on in the background. But apparently at a certain time, 700 Club comes on. <laughs> um, but... There's a part where she hits John Goodman over the head with a bottle. She's running towards the steps. She's unlocking the door. She shuts the door, and then there's another door to the outside, and he goes, Don't open that door! You'll kill us all! And all of a sudden, it's like she looks out the window, and she's like, Look of shock on her face, and it just says, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And it's like, What? Is it a, a sequel to Cloverfield? Is it a Cloverfield anthology? What What is going on? Is it another story? Something different involving another kind of monster? Nobody knows what it's about. Nobody even... This is the most awesome thing. This was put before the, the, movie, the new Michael Bay movie. Oh, Nobody God. even knew this film existed until the trailer aired. Well, they didn't want anybody to know it existed if they put it before a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> but, Especially well, a Michael Bay movie nobody wants to go see. Well, did you know the first Cloverfield trailer aired in front of the very first Transformers movie, like a preview, and everyone... Oh. That's when it happened. Like People were like, I saw this trailer to this movie. I can't, what the hell is this? It's something called Cloverfield. But then, do we even know... I can't remember on that first trailer, did it have the name Cloverfield or did it just have a date? I don't remember, but... Yeah, I don't remember. I remember it was pretty maddening. it just had a date. It was pretty maddening not knowing anything about it, but I think it's so genius. You know, it's Bad Robot, you know, J.J. Abrams, all that, that we know nothing about this film. 
Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, what it could be. And I've watched a few YouTube videos where people are like speculating, and it's so funny because all you can do so is you've just got nothing make up shit. And you're making up shit. I remember a lot of people thought, you know, someone said, it's alive in the trailer, and people, someone said, he said, it's a lion. This is obviously a Voltron live action movie. Oh, my God. And some people thought it was like a Godzilla movie. What if there are bunkers in Africa? <laughs> it could actually be a lion. It's a lion! It's a giant lion! Do you remember when we did our Cloverfield thing, Stephen? Yeah. It's a lion! <laughs> it's not a lion, Stephen! Good time. So we're going to have to do a 10 Cloverfield Lane episode of the show. <laughs> we're in a bunker. But, oh, there's a part when they're doing stuff and then the, the whole room shakes and they all kind of look up. Do they live in it? I don't know what it's about, but I love it. I love not knowing. Yeah, it's and a just great wondering. trailer. Uh, some people were like, um, well, if you go back and watch Super 8, it was obviously in the same universe as Cloverfield. I was like, it is? Well, J.J. Abrams directed Super 8, but he didn't direct Cloverfield. But it's by Bad Robot, or I don't know. Is it the same universe, Bill? When, how does that help me at all? Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> help any of us. It just confuses us more. And another person was like, maybe it's the bugs that fell off Clo the monster. And now they've like invaded, like they've multiplied. It's like, hey, maybe. That's 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 interesting. I haven't watched Cloverfield in years. Uh, I need to watch it again. I have it on Blu-ray. I don't. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> is Natalie okay? She's laughing at me because she's <laughs> she's screwing with my toes. I put my feet up on the bed. Uh, while we're talking, and she grabbed the the tweezers, and now she's plucking the hair Ow, dude, out of no. my big toe. I'm trying to give you a foot massage. Yeah, that is true. That sounds painful. <laughs> what, Heather sometimes tries to pluck something. I'm like, get the hell away from yeah. me. I just wasn't expecting it, and I made a face because I'm, I'm pretty good at biting my tongue on certain things. <laughs> that one particular hair she pulled felt like it came out of my butthole. Excuse me? <laughs> I don't even want to know how you know that. <laughs> it just felt like it came out of there. It was deep. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Does not compute. Don't understand. <laughs> but I was really excited to see that trailer. I was just like, that. It came, I love that it came out of nowhere and nobody even knew it existed. Yeah, and it just kind of popped up on the uh, on the entertainment blogs, like Ten Cloverfield Lane. What is this? Where did this come from? Yep. Why is it in front of a Michael Bay film? It was the night before. Uh, I, I don't know slash film. It was like I just saw the new Michael Bay movie, but forget about that. I want to talk to you about a trailer I saw before it, <laughs> and it was this. And I read out about it. Is it possibly a sequel to Cloverfield? And um, J.J. Abrams said, well, it's definitely a blood relative of Cloverfield. And people are like, what the hell does that mean? Nobody knows what it means. Wait, yeah, nobody, nobody's going to know what it means. So just stop speculating and enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's awesome. Totally cool, man. Really excited about that. Um, I'm trying to think of some kind of show that I've seen. New shows that have premiered. <laughs> She won't stop fucking the hairs on my like. I know it's. She's almost got like a Muttley kind of thing. Going yeah, on. she's sick. She's got a Muttley thing going on. 
It's, it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, you can't tell the difference? Which one is which? Yeah, we can't. You can't. You remember it's amazing. A Rennie on <laughs> Big Brother. There's. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like that kind of thing. That's awesome. I'm trying to remember uh, what you were going to say. <laughs> okay, did anybody watch Colony, the new show? I've got it recorded. No, I haven't Sawyer. watched it yet. It's Sawyer from Lost, Josh Holloway. Actually, I did. I watched the first And one. what's her name from uh, Carol? No, Is it's Carol? Uh, Lori no. from The Lori! Carol, yeah. Lori. Basically, yeah. uh, it the the show starts where aliens have already kicked our ass and they now live behind a giant wall and they control people and they've, they've kind of got humans working for them where they're like Nazi stormtroopers or something right. like that. And you follow these rules and there's curfews and stuff like that. It's like a police okay. state. And you can't uh, go in between the police states or whatever you gotta and, have. There's rules. And it's very like intense. And I, told Heather, I was like, am I going to be able to, like, watch a show this intense every week? You know, like, I don't know. It, it was, what do you it, mean by intense? It's like, you, um, Josh Holloway and Lori from uh, Sawyer and Lori, they had a son that was stuck in another part of town when the alien invasion happened, and they okay. haven't seen him since. So he's now using illegal means to get over to Santa Monica to look for his son. But there's a, a rebellion going on, like right. rebels, who bomb a, a place he's in, and he gets arrested. And apparently all the people who ever worked for the military disappeared, and he had to hide his identity, and he was in like... He was special ops or something. He was special ops, so he had to hide who he is. Now they found out who he is, and he thinks he's screwed, but instead they offer him a job... To actually get to find the rebellion, to get recruited, and then be a double agent. Meanwhile, his wife is actually in with the, the rebels. rebels. Like she works oh. with them. So there's kind of like that thing there. That Which, sounds really interesting. It so, is, yeah, but I it, saw the first episode. I haven't watched the second. One. So there's a lot of sneaking and hiding yeah. and shit like that, where it's like, oh shit, what are they going to do, kind of thing. But I, I think it's I, but I don't like watch food, a second. Certain of, foods are rare. Yeah, like they're having no coffee. They have an orange tree. No in their coffee. Back, they have an orange tree in their backyard, so the son takes the oranges to school and barters with the other kids for like bologna or some shit like that. And, and you know, eggs, coffee eggs, eggs were rare. Yeah, at the very beginning of the first episode, Josh Holloway's making breakfast and he drops an egg on the floor and he's like. Damn it! You know, like it's like the last egg we had. So chickens, know. chickens don't exist there anymore. Or they're in short supply. I think they're it's pe- because you can't get them in between the little states. If you're you co-op, well, when he g- gets hired on, he decides to take the job to be to work with the governor. He shows up and he makes them this wonderful the governor breakfast. Governor comes in and he's like making bacon. And he's got coffee. The kids all come the out of the scrambled eggs you could want. Yeah, the kids come out of the room and they're like, "I smell bacon." 
And he's like, yeah, kids, come and There's more in. perks with this. He's like, but you got to work for me. And, you know, people, of course, look down on all the humans that work for the aliens because they're assholes, right? They're traitors. They're sellouts. Traitors mm-hmm. scum. And so it looks interesting. And it's the giant mysterious wall. And you don't, you do see one part where they're at a, like a party and they all hear a sound and they go look and it's a ship taking off and it goes into space. There and like uh, warps out, and yeah. Hmm. So the mis- the aliens are very mysterious, and we haven't seen them. All you know is there are these drones flying around that don't look yeah, like and there's human. There's a curfew. Drones. Say you know, I don't know if it's like nine o'clock, but it's like as soon as it's dark, it's curfew. All the humans yeah. have to be inside. And it's like if you they know people who got taken away, and you never they've never been seen again. They get put in some sort of a labor camp or something. They were talking yeah. about. Hmm. But also, Bill, you've been watching The Expanse, right? Yeah. yeah. Steven? Mm-hmm. I think it's they've done a great job. The effects look fantastic on that show. I mean... Yeah, I'm I honestly kind of shocked at how well they've done the effects. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm on board. The hardest thing for me is it isn't how I pictured it when I read the book. Yeah. So it's, I don't know what it was supposed to be like but it just i don't everything when i when i pictured it was brighter and this is it's very dark i love the idea that it's funny we mastered space travel you know in the solar system but everybody's miserable you know (laughs) i love that the one it was like uh was it an uncle and nephew or something they were asteroid miners or it wasn't yeah, a father yeah, yeah, and yeah. son was, and um, you know the guy doesn't have his uh, proper sticker. It's like his inspection sticker or something. So the Martians are like, you know, you got to get out of here or whatever. And you can't take this trade route because we'll confiscate your ship. Yeah, and, and you didn't have enough fuel to make it the long way around. So he, the uncle's like, okay, I'll just abandon my nephew here and jettison him into space and. He flings all the asteroid rocks at the Martian ship, so they blow him up, and the poor guy's just floating out there, like ah. He's just, he's just totally. <laughs> Somebody screwed. will find you. Was Bad that in the book? Choices. Bill, was that in the book? I I assume it was. Uh yeah, because it was kind of jarring. Because I was like, who are these characters? But it was just kind of like showing how people who work. Kind of like blue collar workers are screwed in this world, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really kind of our current society in space. Labor <laughs> too much, just too much bureaucracy. Labor's yeah. looked down on, and the people on Earth seem like way too like they don't uh, like privileged. Earthers. Yeah, yeah. The people on Earth are assholes, aren't they? They are. But, but I like I'm, all the people who grew up on Mars or. In low gravity, are elongated bodies? You know, they're really yeah. Oh, belters. That, that's belters. Yeah, yeah. The Martian people—they're more kind of a militant society, yeah. and they all kind of work as one. And I was telling Heather, I was like, I probably want to be a Martian. She's yeah. Like, what? And I was like, Martians they have cooler technology too. They have their shit worked out, you know. And I like the when the. Uh, when they were on that first Martian warship, they thought they were such badasses. But then those guys come in and they just just Take beat them, them quickly. <laughs> it was really cool. It was a, a really well done, Bill. Yeah, I've been very impressed with the show so far. The only thing that annoys me is I normally stream it through the sci-fi app and the logo is massive. 
Oh, on the screen? <laughs> yeah, it's a huge logo. Like, I know what I'm watching. I don't need to be reminded of it by, like, a 10-inch a logo on the bottom left corner of my screen. Yeah, and Thomas Jane's <laughs> hairstyle is ridiculous. <laughs> my brother hates it. I yeah, I was trying to figure out what hair. that was. It's kind of like an asymmetrical... I wanted to keep his reverse, hat on. <laughs> the reverse uh, pork chops, you know, they're kind of got the weird arc in them going backward. <laughs> yeah. It's even kind of a, a little reminiscent of uh, Gary Oldman's hair yeah. in uh, Fifth Element. I do love seeing Jared Harris on the show, though, because he's yes. such a great actor. Jared Harris is fantastic. You know what's funny is uh, on TBS, they did a, uh, a marathon of Angie Tribeca. It's this new show created by Steve Carell and his wife starring Rashida Jones, and it's like airplane or naked gun type humor bill okay and they did a marathon where they aired the whole season like over 25 hour period of time they just kept re-airing them over and over again and heather and i watched it over and over again and the first episode i was like okay this is really dumb and then it's almost like you have to adjust to how silly and stupid it is to stupidity that it really is funny there's some great visual jokes that um what is it called angie tribeca Okay. It's a very silly show, but uh I was finally it was it was cracking me up and there's one episode where David Keckner's like the police chief and they think he's seeing No, the mayor. He's the mayor. They think he's seeing prostitutes, but in act- in fact he's He is seeing prostitutes. But, but he likes to dress up you think. he likes to dress up like a baby and uh, <laughs> have, his, have his diaper changed and stuff and it's it's so, a bottle. He's so great in that episode there's such silly i uh, like the plots or so the one with the you know the ventriloquist dummies yeah. and the can you think of what are some of the other ones that are just also silly <clears throat> it's like you watch them all in a row it's just like yeah there's two way, I'm just like going, they're all it's a mashup in my head and alfred molina is in the show and he's like the medical he examiner cracks me up because he's he comes in there di- all of a sudden, he, he comes has, in there and his, his sleeves are rolled up like he's got no arms. Yeah. And he's trying to do stuff. And he's like, ah, screw this. And all of a sudden, he pulls his arms out of the... <laughs> There's one where he's like in his... a wheelchair. And he, they're like, oh, what happened to him? And he stands up. He gets out of the... He's like, I can't... This well, when isn't... he had both arms in a cast and he walks up to the computer and he types a letter with each finger <laughs> as he turns his body God. back to use either hand. Uh-huh. And he always it, has it goes some so ailment. slow and then he, he, all of a sudden he just slings the cast off and starts typing normal. <laughs> There's like... what... You know, the like those... Um... When you when you come down the stairs, people who sit in the chair and it's like a little elevator goes. That was hilarious because it took forever. Yeah, they're like, I'll be right there, and he gets in the chair and he's riding down. And the scene lasts forever, Bill, of him riding down. It's got to take like, three to five minutes. <laughs> yes. And they just they, they stuck sit there with and they the look joke. at each other and then they look back at him. There's another look- one where it cracked me up. <laughs> Rashida Jones and the stewardess on an airplane. She was smothering. People people on the airplane because they drove her, her crazy. Cousin. Yeah. There's a part where she's chasing her to the front of the airplane <laughs> and it goes forever. Like, it's the longest airplane you've ever seen. Well, I like it. her partner is running the opposite direction. <laughs> they don't the, ever see each other. <laughs> and he hits the back of the plane and he turns around and goes back. But it's just, it's hard to explain, but it's the same <laughs> as like airplane, Bill. You know, that kind of visual yeah. humor and stuff. It's very funny and it's funny, they did these in-between bits with the cast, and Kel, Kel Burnett called in. Yeah. 
And she was like, this is the stupidest, most hilarious show I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was so funny because that is what it is. It's stupid, but it's hilarious, you know. I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Also, the the there's one cop who's a dog. <laughs> he's just a, <laughs> oh, he's my a dog, God. You're not serious. And he's they the best like character. Normal. There's even a he part. He drives of, a car. He drives. <laughs> and he's like. Uh, I like that he's spinning donuts in the. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and there was even one where they're like, it, "It's bring your kid to work day," and and they turn around and there's kids all in the police department. They show like, I had to pause it for a second because there's a kid who's got a big thing of cocaine and he's got a spoon and he's like flinging it up in the air, the cocaine. And there's oh kids God. have a battering ram and they're banging into like um, the door. Stuff. Yeah, so the SWAT team's kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you even turn around, the dog cop has a little puppy next to him. And it's like, aww. <laughs> it's great. But I love that dog. The, there's so many great visual well, I like that it's uh, Dion Cole. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy from Conan. Yeah. And his partner is the dog. So they're the... <laughs> their partners mm-hmm. and i like when they argue or you know kind of banter he's bantering to the dog and the dog just does kinda... the dog talk no no, no. the dog okay. just gives looks he gives and him he's a like look and, and he like, answers him like like he knows what he's thinking there's you know? one part where he's trying to show him how to attach a file on it yeah the dog's typing on the <laughs> <laughs> just... did you no, see that that's not that's a you just hit print no not print <laughs> did you see the one with the the um, the art thief Yes. I love where he lives in this tiny room and all the cops storm in the SWAT team and they're looking around. There's no one there. And then they look up and he's like, ah! he's like sticking to the ceiling. It's so funny. I know we're just, we could Sorry. go. Sorry. It's just a silly show. So I need silly. to, I need to see this show. Oh, so, so dumb and funny, but, uh, yeah. Colony. You should check that out, Bill. I'm curious to what you is. Does Colony have a dog cop? No, no, no dog well, cop. That's unfortunately no dog. There's some other great bits with the dog cop, but I can't uh, remember all of them. There is a great one where the perp is going to get away and you forget all about all of a sudden the dog's like, and tackles him and they're like, all right. You know, he, it's just a funny show. But the dog has like a human name, you know. That yeah, he's his name first is and last name. Yeah, his name is Dave. Dave something I forget, but Dave Hoffman. I Dave think. Hoffman. Officer yeah. Dave Hoffman. Is the dog. <laughs> it's the best right. part where the there's a part where the the Dion and the Dave Hoffman are Dion partners, and, and the dog is driving, and they have the other cop. And the two cops are bonding, and you just see the dog looking over him like he's he's getting annoyed and jealous. And when they get out of the car, they go, yeah, just go park the car. And he goes, and drives off. That's when he's doing donuts in the <laughs> Yeah. The dog is so pissed he's doing donuts in the parking lot because he thinks his partner's hanging che- out. Cheating the- on him or cheating whatever. On him. <laughs> I'm looking it up, and they're saying that the dog is the scene stealer. He really is. There's like even the part in the museum, the different cops are doing stuff, but they show the dog. He's looking at a. It's like a paint, a fine painting of a mailman. He's going, whoa, 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 like barking at the mailman painting. I was like, I love this like fine museum painting of a mailman. They're saying the, on uh, there's an article about how the dog, the dog's real name is Jagger. 
And the place he stays on set whenever he's off leash is his desk. (laughs) <laughs> like the character's desk. <laughs> says, for, awesome. He, for some reason, has fallen in love with his desk. Go get on set, take his leash off, and he runs to his desk and jumps on the char- chair and settles there every <laughs> single time. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and I love the captain, too. He's the actor from Justified. He played Kirk on, yeah. uh, what's his oh, name? Oh, okay. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Burns. Burns, yeah. He's fantastic because he's yelling all the time. He's always... I like that he had his twin brother filling in for him. Yeah. I mean, he goes, well, full disclosure, sometimes I have my twin brother fill in for me. And you see him walk by and he's like, hey, what's up? Oh, <laughs> it's like it's just very silly and stupid. But I love it. I love it. I can't wait. And it's funny. They burned off all the episodes in one day. So it's like, oh, I got to wait a year for season two. It's, I don't know. What are they going to do? I mean, they're just going to play the regular season out. Yeah, now? they are. I they're mean, going to do it one a week. But I so really like the idea. It's pretty cool because they had a binge-a-thon, basically. And it was a cool idea. Very cool idea. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. Because now I'm I'm all about the dog cop. The dog is hilarious. Yeah, How great would I it? love Dion Cole with the dog too. I mean, he's, yeah, I just like Dion Cole. Period. From even from Conan, you know. Yeah, he's really funny. And I love uh, Rashida Jones is great in there, also, and her partner. And it, you notice, like every single episode, there's always some deep seated childhood thing that she has a problem with. You know, they have some kind of flashback. A trust issue. <laughs> She's had some kind of issues, and it always, it's like you know, making fun of. Oh, and the funniest, the gag where it's Bill, you know, CSI Miami with Dave Caruso. Where he goes, yeah. wow, done, yes. done. Every episode begins with a scream. With the opening titles, and then it cuts to a guy with like he just slammed his hand in his drawer, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh!" So every like, "Wow!" It cuts to a guy screaming because of something, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. That's brilliant. Now, Bill, do you want to do any kind of DVDs or anything? I was looking to see if there was anything, and there's nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. Uh, I've I've. I've never come across this where what Sunny? I what? See that. You want to see Sun she wants to see Sunny Boy, a movie from nineteen eighty nine. Sunny. Wait, what's that? It's, Hi guys. Da- uh, it's I a David Carradine film. I hate when videos uh, start playing. <laughs> small town crime boss accepts delivery of a stolen car only to find there's a baby in the back seat. He and his transvestite wife cut out the boy's tongue and raise him as a mute accomplice in their crimes. <laughs> when the grown sunny boy escapes and tries to make contact with the outside world, the attention he draws to his warped family results in a darkly humored mayhem. Why oh, have I never son. heard of this movie? Sunny <laughs> Boy from Shout Factory, 1989. Oh, cool. Brad Dorif's in it. I wonder if Brad Dorif is Sonny Boy. Oh, I love Brad Dorif. The guy's the voice of Chucky. You know, he's like, I've done other things. No, no, no you're you the have voice Brad. of Chucky. Come on. Um, anything coming out soon that you guys want to see? Uh, Kung Fu Panda three. I love Kung Fu Panda two. I'll probably. I don't think. Did that. I see Kung Fu Panda two? Oh, that's a great... Gary Oldman is the peacock. Oh, yes. I saw that. There's this new comedy called Laser Team that's got 80% positivity on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a comedy. 
I'm bringing up la- I'm bringing up Rotten Tomatoes. Laser Team begins decades ago when the search for extra extraterrestrial intelligence project received a one-time signal from outer space, which was never decoded, or so we're told. Unbeknownst to the general public, the secretly translated signal 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 said two things: one, we are not alone, and two, the galaxy is a dangerous place. Working in total secrecy, the U.S. government has been training a single champion of Earth, a warrior of incredible skill to don a suit of unimaginable power designed to buy new alien alloy, allies Jesus, in preparation for Earth's battle for survival against the evil race of aliens. Unfortunately, the suit never made it all the way to its intended destination. Instead, a lone survivor... A lone survivor. Instead, a lone savior, four hapless idiots find the suit and are thrust into the role of heroes as the titular laser team. Interesting. Okay, let's watch the trailer. I got to see what this is and see if it's funny. What do you think, Steven? So it's going to be like a greatest American hero kind of thing. It makes me think mm. of that one bad... Uh, I'll talk about that. After multiple reports of a UFO sighting in Milford, Texas, a Twitter post showing several men at what appears to be the crash site has gone viral. Calling themselves laser teams. Ah, oh, this is neat. In less than five days, an alien warrior will arrive to do battle with whoever is wearing this suit to the death. How do we get these things off? But the fate of the Earth hangs in the balance. Suit is meant to work as a unit. Who's this douchebag? I'm the champion of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the champion of swim team. <laughs> You'll now begin your formal training to utilize your gifts. Pardon me, old chap. I have a question. Why the hell does he sound British now? Woody's a stupid person. And that's what stupid people think smart people sound like. Fair play. My dad may not be very strong or brave, but he is really good at... I love you too, sweetie. I just, no matter what comes your way, I will block it. Go! That is not my fault! I didn't know we were starting! Shut up! We're screwed. Where's your orderly? Yeah, he, he went away. You ever want to see how bad a girl wants you? Just see how long she says, hey. Hey, Mindy. I can't tell if it's funny or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just looking it up, and it's the first film from the guys from Rooster Teeth. Remember their red versus blue Halo videos? Yeah, yeah. I knew I've heard of Rooster Teeth before. Um, I don't know. It could be funny. Kind of get a Super Troopers type vibe from it, you know? Yeah, it was uh, Indiegogo funded. It's at 80% positive with four fresh reviews and one rotten, so. Oh, no. Yeah, the uh, AV Club says it resembles a mashup of Super Troopers and Independence Day with a smattering of Ghostbusters. Huh. Those kind of things are so hit or miss. You could be sitting there not laughing at a single joke or 
maybe it's super funny. Yeah, I it's kind of like when I went to see that uh, that awful Ben Stiller movie, The Neighborhood. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right when it, the trailer started, I go, "Is it kind of reminds me of that Ben Stiller movie?" Yeah. And that was bad. God, I remember seeing that in the theater and just being pissed the entire time that I spent like 12 bucks to go see it. Well, I will say this about the trailer. I didn't really laugh at anything. Yeah. Did you even snicker, Steven? Not a snicker. It's like it almost got a smirk when he was kicking the orderly under the, you know, the disintegrated orderly. It was like, yeah, "Eh, it's it's kind of funny. eh. I want to see the rest of it that led up to the funny part. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Maybe I won't. You know, <laughs> comedy, comedy is subjective. You know, I'll give it a watch. Have you guys ever like thought something was really funny and you go online and someone was like, "Unfunniest movie I've ever seen." Yeah. Not a single laugh in it. It's like, well, if I laughed at it, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what's true wrong with them? I got yeah. mine is the run Ronnie run. I love it. <laughs> run, and Ronnie. people hate it. Yeah. I don't know. So that's that. Does anyone I think we're going to have to do a film review for it. Of, we're each going to have to watch it. Of Laser Team? Laser Team. Laser Team. Yeah, I'd like to. It seems like I've watched something that I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember. Don't you hate when that happens? Happens to me all the time. Uh, one thing is uh, tomorrow on HBO, the Entourage movie is going to air so we can all finally watch it. Okay, I will do that. And we can yeah. uh, live tweet it. The, uh, I think that's a great idea. Live <laughs> <laughs> we'll live tweet how painful it is. Yeah. I just... Oh, yeah. They made a movie of uh, Entourage. Because uh-huh. I, I noticed they were showing, like, on HBO, they were showing Entourage-a-thon. And I was like, maybe I can't. Nah, I can't do it. I can't watch an old episode of Entourage. No. I once put, you watch it once, that's all you need. I did my time, okay? I'm not going to. We did it. I'm we, not served, gonna, we served our time. Yeah, why would you go back to that? Yeah, it's like uh, we're not repeat offenders. Crock up, crock up, crock up. <laughs> do you remember that, Bill? Sadly, I do. <laughs> crock up. Love it. All right, guys, you want to wrap up the show? Good times? Yeah, let's wrap this shit up. Uh, yeah, we got a good show here. Now, guys, thank you so much for listening to Entertainment Landfill. Yes, yes, indeed. Bill, it was, I'm glad that you joined us. So am I. Steven and I just talked about weather until you showed up. Well, yeah, it's it's awful here. I was really worried on Natalie's drive home. Like I, I was, made it out of New York kept checking before. to see, but uh, it's, it's really bad out there. Steven was almost trapped in New York, like, like in the stand. Like, you would have yeah. had to go through the Lincoln Tunnel. It would have been scary. Yeah, this storm is stretching from, like, Kentucky all the way up to New England. So. Kentucky. Kentucky. You got to say it like... Stephen uh, got out of there. You got to say it like in Last of the Mohicans, Bill. Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> no matter what happens, I will find you. I will find you. I, I've got to have, like, water or waterfall sound behind me for that one. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Now, guys, go to uh, Nim Podcast at... Uh, Nim, wait, what am uh, I doing? 
Yeah, I'm doing the thing. You know, when we did the show every week, I I wouldn't Ken start to lose my voice. Watch with his wife. Do what? Should we give Ken a new project to watch with his wife? Well, he already suggested some, like Raiders of Lost Ark or whatever. Yeah. But they could even watch like new movies and stuff. I think that's cool that she's a screenwriter, by the way. I think that's yeah. awesome. But guys, go to nimpodcast.blogspot.com. Also, send us an email at nimpodcast at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 1206-309-4729. Also, be sure and join our Facebook fan club. It's pretty awesome. Follow me on Twitter, the Jstrom, Steven at uh, PCC Steven, and Bill, Mulberry Bell, all on the Twitters. Right, Bill? Yep. We're there. And stuff like that. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. It was great catching up with Bill and Steven. I can't wait till we talk next week or whenever about Entourage and whatever else is going on. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff like that. Now, Bill, I honestly cannot wait to watch the Entourage movie. Now that Force Awakens is on, the novelization is out, are you going to either read it or listen to it? I will listen to it. Cool, because it's that same guy who always uh, reads all of them. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have time to read it, but I will definitely listen to it back and forth uh, to class. Cause I've already seen articles. Here's the differences between the novelization and the... No, nope, no, nope, I can figure that out for myself. I don't need to read your shitty article. Yeah, I, I let it, I'm going to let the audiobook come to me. Yeah, exactly. Now, Bill, have you read anything recently that's been pretty good? No, no, not at all. I... I there's a number of things that I would like to, but uh, no, I, I haven't haven't had much time. I, but the only thing I've been doing is I I was burning out on Mad Max, so I put in uh, Shadow of Mordor, uh, the Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which is basically what Mad Max is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Mad Max in new in in Middle Earth. So you just you... go around and kick the shit out of orcs. So you. Steven and Adam, none of you guys have finished the storyline of Mad Max? No. Well, goddamn. I've been waiting a long time to talk about the ending of this game with somebody, and I can't. I'll, I'll get back to I it. I don't even remember it anymore. Let's play it again. I'm almost done with Uncharted 3. And uh, there's a, a sequence on an airplane that's just fantastic. That's supposed to be one of the greatest sequences in an adventure game. Like, I've, I I've seen like, that on, like, IGN before. I felt like Harrison Ford playing it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Ford loves the Uncharted games. <laughs> I love that. There's a sequence in that game that's just unreal of walking in the desert forever with no hope of surviving and it's just crazy i love it's it it's not a cut scene you actually have to walk through the you, desert he'll just sit there or crawl he'll sit still unless you move the stick to have him walk across the desert and i was like oh wait i'm doing this and so you're walking you see something in the distance oh my god water and you get closer and closer and it starts to fade away oh, it's a mirage <laughs> you're like damn it and he just wants some water so bad. And I swear to God, I had to pause it and go get a bottled water. I was like, I'm thirsty being trapped in the desert. It's great. The people who make those games are so clever, man. They're so, great. I'm Naughty Dog. 
I saw that there's an Uncharted novel, and I was like, damn, I'm going to read that shit. I'm loving Sully and Elena and Nate on their adventures. I gotta well, s- I have played the opening of Uncharted 3, and it was awesome to get the uh, some of the backstory. Oh, yeah, it is great. When he's a, when he's a young kid, and you even he's get to... He's a youngin', yeah. You get to control that, too. And it's like, oh, wait, I'm I'm working it. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll be back later with some other stuff. I'll have a new Chuck show out soon, and guys, Bill, Steven, it's great to talk to you guys, and uh, what do you say? I'll see you next time. See ya. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye